The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, and today is February 4th, 2024, and here are the topics that will be discussed on this week's edition of the Serious Side of the Chain. Wow, show. South Carolina, the state that launched Joe Biden to the Democratic nomination just four years ago, delivers the president his first official primary victory of the 2024 campaign today. Um, let, let me ask you, Mrs. Moffitt, um, and I hate to bring this to you, but a, a, a congressman from your state, um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I apologize for even having to ask you this question, but she is trying to speak for your daughter and saying that your daughter and the other two brave troops who died would have preferred to be at the southern border rather than doing what they're doing. What is your response to that? No one, no one to speak for my daughter. He laughed about it. What a sick that sentence yeah. behind closed doors, which if you've covered the president and you talk to his team, you know he swears, yeah. just like Donald Trump swears, just like you don't swear. Never. Um, the state of Texas continued adding razor wire on the southern border despite a U.S. Supreme Court order earlier this week. And on Monday, the high court threw out a lower court decision. It means federal agents can resume cutting razor wire, but Governor Abbott says the state will keep adding more wire, saying the state's constitutional right to defend itself outweighs federal law. Online radio at its best. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your constant love every day. Lord God Almighty, name above all names, your power is unlimited and your strength has no end. You have said faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. I pray that you amaze me with your miraculous power when I face every mountain in my life. I pray thee, O Lord, that you look down from above and bless me. Let your grace and favor speak every day in my life. Give me the strength not to depend on my own understanding, but on your living word. Bless me with good health, long life, and prosperity. Dear God, you know all that is in my heart and mind. You are familiar with each thought and desire. I pray you intervene in every situation concerning my life. Your word says in Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8, that blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree 
planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I pray and command your word to be fulfilled in my life. Make me like the tree planted by the waters. Beautify my life every day. Make my life a living testimony for others to see your glory. I pray for instant daily miracles that will turn the supposed disadvantages in my life into advantages. O oh Lord, show me that you are the God of impossibilities. Grant me impossible miracles daily in Jesus' name. Amen. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our call in number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. At its best, of course, I'm J. Rouse. Thank you for spending a portion of your Sunday with us. But like I say every week, I'm never here by myself. I can't do it by myself, and uh, my family always has my back. Man. Who gets the first and last word here on the serious side? The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you. And good morning, Nessa, wherever you are. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Momo Music. Mary Ann Music. Good morning, the real Delia. And good morning, my brother Hawkins. Good morning, my brother Jerome. That's right. Uh, Vanessa Mae Belly from the Macanelli, you know how she gets down. So uh, uh, hope Godspeed. Hopefully everything's going well with her as she continues to uh, blow trot across this great world of ours. And, uh, and of course, uh, the number is 347-850-1272. If you hang out well, if you've been listening to our show, you know this is the portion of the show where we kind of talk about things that are not going to make the main docket, but things that we would like to chat about. Anyway, and uh, big news this week, Mr. Elias, and I was informed of this by you. Carl Weathers, man. Carlo Creed. Gone, man. At, at a very young age, what, 73? So what, what, what age did he pass away at? Mr. Elias? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a total shock to me. It kind of blew me away because... You know, I want to, you know, man, Apollo Creed, you know, the brothers seemed to always be in great shape. And my God, man, I was just, that was a, that was a total shock to me, man. Yeah, it's hurt, man. And the brother, they say he was a good brother. And he had a lot of range, man, from Happy Gilmore to Apollo Creed to the Star Wars saga, man. Yeah, he had a lot of range, man. That was just, that's a great loss for us, you know. Yeah, wow. man. But 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 he'll always be known as Apollo Creed. I mean, I, it's funny because you sent me that text. I had just watched the episode of the Good Times where he, his wife, J.J. was painting his wife, and he walked in on uh, his wife while J.J. was painting her, and that whole scene, I was laughing my tail off. Mm-hmm. And then I get a text from you saying that he passed away. Just shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh I was watching a, uh, uh, a dedication video from Sylvester Stallone. He was in tears, almost. 
I mean, yeah, he, he yeah. was, yeah. yeah, I saw that, and I was moved by that because, you know, there was some friction uh, when he was written uh, out of the Rocky uh, franchise. He, he didn't want to be written out the, the the Rocky franchise, but but you know I guess they came to terms with that. But man, he, he, wow, it's just uh, sad, sad news. Apollo Creed, man, yeah. gone, gone, yeah. gone, gone. I, I yeah, I just I still can't believe it. Uh, and do we know the cause of death? No, no. They just said he died in his sleep. Is all I've seen. You know, no cause of death, none of that. All I know is that he died in his sleep. Ah, crazy. You know, tomorrow's not promised. And so you have to live today yeah. as if you were, you know, kicking it for the last day. And, you know, people can say, well, you know, young people don't really think that way. And that's true. They don't. They think that they're invincible. They think they can, you know, run through mountains. But as you get older, as you get closer to that uh, fourth quarter, you start really thinking about your steps. You really start thinking about the way you carry yourself. And so, you know, man, live today because, once again, tomorrow's not promised. So rest in peace. Apollo Creed, uh, you know, better known as, well, listen, I should say Carl Weathers, a.k.a. Apollo Creed. Rest in peace, my brother. And uh, like Rocky said, mm-hmm. keep punching. You know, it's amazing, man, how we – it's like he's Apollo Creed to me. I don't see Carl Weathers. And it's like one of those roles that are defining – it's like Rocky. I mean, Sylvester Stallone is Rocky to me. I, but I will say this. Mm-hmm. He has also taken on the persona of Rambo. But when I see Stallone, I see Rocky. And he embraces that. Because you'll see him go to uh, Philly and go pose with the statue, and even when he gave his, uh, uh, you know, when he gave his dedication, he says, "So rest in peace, Apollo, and keep punching." It's like they take on these characters, like Thelma. Thelma embraces that people call her, you know, Thelma, and she's not Thelma; she's going to death. But 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 it's Thelma, JJ. He's taking on JJ is, is, you know, it's just amazing how these people. John Amos, he's James Evans to me, man. You know, when yeah. I see him, I'm like, double James, Red Fox, <laughs> Fred Sanford, Lamont. I mean, it's just they take on these names, man. And it's like, wow, these are characters, but they have made these characters feel so real that you call them by their character's name. I wonder if that's disrespectful in a way. Some people don't like it. Like um, my nephew saw, uh, I'm trying to remember the actor's name. But he was he played in the Friday movies as um, uh, uh, the pimp get on the record store. Oh yeah, he's uh, a matter of fact. His daughter uh, was dating uh, uh, one of the Obama girls. I'm not sure what, what happened with that. But yeah, but his yeah, daughter, his, his family they saw him, Obama girl. When they when they saw him in Jackson, they, Jackson Mississippi, they saw him, and this is right after uh, uh, the movie. Um, Nah, next God, Friday or whatever. You pull the blank. No, it wasn't next blank. Friday. Oh, the brothers, punk ass Chauncey. That's not nah, they called punk ass Chauncey, and that's what they uh, administer society. And they say, "Oh man, they go punk ass Chauncey." They say, "Man, don't call me that." And this is yeah, right see, as the movie was going on. Yeah, but see, to me. Um, he didn't. I mean, maybe that's what they call him. But when I see him, I don't see. You know, I don't really see him in that. When I see him, he just. When I see that brother, and I can't think of his name. Um, but when I see him, I, I just 
see him as hey, he's that guy that I look at him just as a as an act a actor, man. I, his persona, like the sister that played um, that played uh, one of Will's aunts, the, the loudmouth one. I mean, she's just who she is. I don't look at her. I don't associate her with a role, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? I just don't associate her with a role. I just when I see her, I just like I said, I don't associate her with a role. I just don't. I just see her and say she's who she is, and uh, and I don't look at it any other way. It's not like, you know, we're talking about Clifton Powell. That's their brother's name. You know, when I see Clifton Powell, Clifton Powell reminds me of the brother that played the, the gangster on Rock. He played the father in the brothers. You know, I just look at him as just, you know, I don't look at him as, I don't associate him with a. With I, I a look role. at him as I look at him as the the the, the one in uh, Friday. I do. I'm sorry. That's I, I don't. That. I don't. What? No, I don't. <laughs> I do. Well, I hear you, I but, 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 but like, but like for example, Marla Gibbs. She's Florence to me. You know, George Jefferson is George Jefferson. Weezy's Weezy. They they embrace these roles, and you just it's like, hey, that's who they are, and that if I saw them on the street, hey, what's going on, George? Or what's going on, Weezy? I mean, it's just, and I, I, I guess. That's a testament to their ability to really sell, right? I mean, is that what we're saying? Is that di- – what if it's disrespectful? I know that Thelma – look, I'm calling it Thelma. She was like, I embrace it. People call me Thelma. I'm like, hey, what's going on? She embraces it. Matter of fact, she said that, um, you know, uh, Florida Evans was a uh, – look, that's the role. It was like a mother figure to her, and she embraced it. You know, she embraced the fact that that was her mother. Look at Uncle Phil. He's Uncle Phil to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, like, you know, actually, they, they have embraced these roles, and I'm wondering, are we being disrespectful to them if we don't call them by their names? Well, you know, you'd have to ask them because this is how they get paid. And, like, and, and his name was, his was Pinky on Friday, and he'll always be Pinky. Yeah, Pinky, yeah. Oh, well, see, I, yeah, he's not to me. Yeah. Well, it looks like Vanessa has, uh, I thought Vanessa had joined us, but the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome, is free in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I was going to yell out Pinky myself. I was like, it's Pinky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just rapping and clapping before we get into the heavy lifting of the show. Go ahead, man. What were you about to say? Well, Clifton Powell, yeah, I do remember him on Rock, but I don't remember his character yeah. name on Rock. But yeah, I don't I guess, Yeah, it's a it's a question. Should we not call them by their whatever character names? Is that what we're talking about? Cause, well, cause no, I, no. Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't remember. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't remember too many people who didn't embrace it, except for the guy who um who played in. Coming to America, the Soul Glow guy. I think he didn't like it. <laughs> I think he's pretty much the only one. So, oh, you crazy. talking about old boy? He was he Eric. was in the, one of those hospital dramas too, right? Eric something. Eric, Eric I think of Eric, 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 Eric Lasalle. There you go, him. Eric, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I've I never heard that before. Wow. I I seen him on an interview or something, and anytime somebody brings it up, his face changes. He he doesn't like it because he feels like he was a caricature. Like it was like. Oh wow. Yeah, he's like, I did ER and did some other stuff. It's like, you did so glow. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I get, Well, but see, here's the go ahead, Jerome. Remember. 
Washington. I'm Giles Snyder. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says the latest airstrikes in Yemen send a clear message to the Houthi rebel group. 
The U.S. and Britain struck more than 30 sites in 13 different locations. They were a second wave of attacks on groups aligned with Iran following the deaths last weekend of three U.S. troops in the drone attack in Jordan. Following an easy win in this weekend's Democratic primary in South Carolina, President Biden is now focusing on Nevada. With Nevada's primary on Tuesday, Biden will be in Las Vegas today. Here's NPR's Tamara Key. The president's schedule includes an event where his re-election campaign says he will speak directly to voters about the stakes of this election. Biden has recently begun delivering blunt attacks on former President Trump, saying he is a threat to democracy and describing him as a loser who lost the 2020 election but won't admit it. Biden pushed to have Nevada's primary moved earlier in the Democratic nominating calendar because the state's diverse population better represents the Democratic Party's base. It will also be a key swing state come November, one Trump narrowly lost in 2020, but where Republicans were able to eke out a narrow victory in the 2022 governor's race. Tamara Keith, NPR News. Fourteen Republican governors are meeting with Governor Greg Abbott today at the Texas-Mexico border. Josie Lenore of Little Rock Public Radio reports. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, and Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, among other GOP governors, will join Abbott at Eagle Pass for a briefing on border security. The meeting comes amid an escalating feud between Abbott and the Biden administration over immigration enforcement. Texas has continued to deny U.S. Border Patrol agents entry to a park in Eagle Pass, has become one of the busiest locations for people attempting to cross the southern border. Immigration enforcement is typically a federal responsibility, but Abbott has said he will continue implementing new immigration measures as part of his Operation Lone Star. Earlier this month, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that federal agents could remove razor wire placed by Texas officers along the border. For NPR News, I'm Josie Lenora. Salvador heading to the polls today. The current president is popular but authoritarian. Widely expected to win re-election. Here's NPR's James Dubin. President Nayib Bukele has led a sweeping crackdown on gangs in El Salvador. Since the start of a state of emergency nearly two years ago, at least 76,000 people have been arrested. El Salvador's murder rate is down and many areas are safer, but the crackdown has swept up thousands of innocent people. El Salvador's constitution bans presidents from consecutive terms, but his allies packed the Supreme Court, which then allowed Bukele to run again. Bukele has worked to consolidate power and experts say El Salvador is fast becoming a one-party state. James Dubeck, NPR News. And you're listening to NPR News. be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Beat them. Smallest beat moments beat can have the biggest beat impact beat on a child's beat life. Take time to be a dad today. All those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. Online radio at its best. Democrats held their first official presidential primary in South Carolina tonight, and President Joe Biden is looking for a resounding win in the Palmetto State. This is not just a campaign. This is more of a mission. We cannot, we cannot 
we cannot lose this campaign for the good of the country. Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips and author Marianne Williamson are also on the ballot, but the president is the overwhelming favorite to win as his quest to secure the party's nomination gets underway. We are counting on you to vote and to get everyone you know to vote, to send out text messages, to knock on doors, and to make your voices The Biden campaign is looking to shore up support with black voters, a block crucial to the president's re-election prospects. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. It is 24 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, I'm J. Rowell. And um, so, hey, listen, it's official. It's official. The GOP had their primary, but now the Democrats, uh, we're in full swing. We're in the election season, and uh, as expected, uh, the president won South Carolina. And, uh, you know, I thought what was interesting about that hit, Mr. Elias, towards the end, where the guy said that Biden is trying to shore up his African-American voters. You know, we've had conversations throughout the past year or so. Uh, because we knew, obviously, this was coming, and we talked about how, you know, some of the concerns, um, you know, is he doing enough for our community? Uh, You know, some people think that he's too old. Um, Your thoughts on the South Carolina uh, primary, Mr. Elias, and uh, the fact that, you know, he took Vice President Harris with him. So are they trying to show up to vote? What do you think, man? Give me your thoughts. Actually, they need to show up to vote between the young voters. The older voters is, they, you know, they pretty much, they, they're on Team Biden. But the younger sure. voters, the college-age sure people, yeah. Yeah, the, okay. yeah, according to the, yeah, according to what I'm seeing, yeah, the older voters, okay. they're, they're for Biden. Just asking. You know, but the younger voters, right. the, 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 from between the, the ages of 40 to 18, they're, they're not. They're not. They, they, they think that he's doing a horrible job and he's not doing enough for black folks. You know. Like what? And I, I, I watch Like, like, okay. To reform the um, the uh, the three strikes you're out bill to uh, to okay. the student debt, it's all kind of stuff that they said he should well, be not doing. Him. That he promised that and 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 what, and, what he and, and I'm just I, you know you know what I'm saying. They I don't care when the buck stops with him whether he tries yeah, or yeah, not. No, uh, a lot of people don't I pay hear. they don't pay a close attention to politics, and then they talk right. about the uh, the. Uh, what, what is it? When they, when they, when they, to, to give black folks money. They, 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 they're saying to be the first person to do that. Reparations. Yeah. Yeah. They, these are all things I keep hearing. And, 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 and this is in the black communities. You know, he's not doing this. He's not doing this. But, you know, I look at the economy and, and, and they, they say they're still, people are still saying they're hurting at, when they go to the grocery store, which I tell them on that. Because when I go to the grocery store, I said, but for the for two 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 three two or three bags you spend forty, fifty dollars, but that ain't nothing to do with him. You know, I realize the, the the economy is in a great spot. I know the economy is in a great spot. You know, I'm making money off the stock market. <laughs> Not, I've made it a long time. But because of you know, him being the president, the buck stops with him, that's who they're gonna blame. And they, they never blame Trump for nothing, but this guy, he's getting all the blame. So, you know. Well, that's when you say, Jay, you're mixing apples and oranges. You're talking about the black voters. The black voters, young black voters, blame Trump. 
But you're saying yeah, that yeah, African American. The young black, if you talk to a lot of young black voters, they said they love Trump because he got a lot done for them. I don't understand what they thought. I don't know who the hell you're talking to. Like, I, I'm telling you, I talk to a lot of young folks uh, constantly. Yeah, well, a lot. I, I do too. No, I didn't hear that. Interesting. Okay. okay. Well, then you, there you go. It's a red state. But let, let me go to you, Jerome. Uh, you know, first of all, I want to. Here. Uh, so uh, let me let me ask Texas you about. He, <laughs> okay. Well, hey man, listen, we can go back and forth if you want. I'm just telling you, I've never talked, and I've talked to black folks, and I've never heard that. I mean, I heard it, but I haven't heard it to the point where you're saying that it's going to be an if uh, it's going to be an issue with Democrats going into this uh, election season. Let me ask you. Let me let me talk to Jerome for a second. Jerome, my question uh-huh. to you is: first of all comments on this whole thing. Are you hearing the same thing that Mr. Elias is hearing, that African-American, young African-American voters, the ones who, you know, stand in line, Black Lives Matter, the ones who, you know, showed up for Floyd, for George Floyd, these people, the ones who denounced Trump when he talked about good people on both sides, are you hearing that young African-Americans are saying they love Trump? Because I haven't heard that at all. At all. No. no, I haven't heard that they love Trump. But our our folks have a tendency of going uh, of just doing um the opposite of what status quo is so mm. the the democrats aren't moving fast enough and the republicans hate you and so there's no right. really good option so what happens is that whoever's in power gets the blame for not moving fast enough so it's it's always kind of a debate whether um you know when you're dealing with somebody who's racist for example would you rather for them to be racist in your face or behind your back? And most of the time you mm. take the person that is going to be racist in your face. You'll be like, look, at least I know where that dude stands. It's a weird thing, you know, generally in our community when we start dealing with um, when we start dealing with politics because to get somebody to vote, you need to vote for somebody. And when people don't feel like they're voting for somebody, they'll just take anybody. So, yeah, that, that is, that's problematic. I think the chances of Trump even being in the race is way overblown. It's way extremely overblown because he got blew out. Hillary got more votes than he did. He got more electoral votes. Biden blew him out. So I don't yeah. think there's any way that you're going to be like, oh, it's going to be a close race and people are on the fence. I think that we stoke the flames of – Whatever the political discontent, like that small margin of people not mm. liking you, we magnify them like they're going to overwhelmingly over, like it's going to overwhelm the system. So when right. you talk about black folks not liking or liking Trump, that number has to be small because there are some people who want revolution too that are black folks yeah. who don't give a rat. Yeah. So you know, yeah. I, I'm not discounting my own people for that. But we do. Like, some of us have opted out of systems and been like, I hope Trump does win so that everybody else can see how racist white people are. And white folks are taking that as a badge of honor, saying, oh, yeah, black people like Trump. No, they don't like Trump. Some people want chaos. And so it's never a both-sides thing because everybody's reasons are different. So the outcome is what it is. Now, the thing that that Biden, the biggest problem he has is this. Oh, guys, and um, I just want to say hey to 
my girl Amy who's listening, she gave me this word and I forgot it. But they, but white folks have this un, or not white folks, but European countries have this unnatural bias to genocide when it benefits them. And so, what's going on in Israel and Gaza? That whole genocide, mm-hmm. like for Israel to say, hey, seventeen hundred or twelve hundred of our people were killed, so we killed thirty thousand of theirs, thinking that that's reasonable, is going to be Biden's downfall. So if there's any place that he's vulnerable, you can stoke the flames of that because he's he's becoming a part of the genocide when the United States is not speaking up, but everybody else in the UN is trying to stop that from happening, and Israel is blind by their bloodthirst of killing people. They're blinded by it. Well, let me ask you this, though, because it's interesting you say that. Let me ask you a question because I don't want to lose my train of thought. Uh, When you say now, you know, reports out there that the United States are about to say, you know what, the hell with this guy and promote if you're talking about the two-state solution. I mean, you know, I think they are at odds with Israel. And so, I mean, so once again, are we really – should that be placed at Biden's feet? Because, listen, you know, obviously, you know, like Mr. Elias said, we're people that kind of watch this stuff. You know, you're more in tune in it and in, in, in tune to this stuff than we are because, you know, you live that life. You know, I've worked for the government and, and worked in government entities, so I kind of understand this stuff. And, of course, Mr. Elias, you know, he's a uh, connoisseur of this type of stuff, and, he, you know, he, he embraces this information. So, so we kind of know what's going on. But is it fair mm-hmm. for – you know, the average Joe Blow to to lay that at Biden's feet when, you know, you just can't come out. You know, like, for example, with Saudi. You know, the whole thing, people are like, we should stop doing business with Saudi because of what they did to that Washington Post journalist. Well, it, it ain't really that, you know, it ain't really that simple, right? I mean, if, right. if someone is supplying something for you, you just can't. You know, it's called collateral damage, and I hate to use that term because people act like they can't understand it, but sometimes folks are going to die for the greater good, and that's just let's just be honest. You just can't say the hell with Saudi because they chopped this dude up because, you know, you have to weigh it. So my question to you, Jerome, is is it fair for them to lay that at Biden's feet, the bloodshed, when we all know that this administration, him and you know, Netanyahu are really kind of at odds, and and the U.S. is trying to find a strategic way to to promote the two state solution, right? I mean, so yeah, right. It's it's not it's not his fault. I'm just saying it's not it's not that. Right. Okay. What it is okay. is that it's an impression. So during election right. year, the impressions are bad. So what mm-hmm. the Republicans will try to make it seem like is that they'll take any discourse you have with someone. And, be, and try to magnify it like it's the end-all, be-all. Because remember, we'd be on here, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do the show, and somebody like, um, what is that guy's name, Clinton's boy, um, Clinton's Carville. Boy. Yeah, James Carville. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's a, it's a economy stupid and blah, 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 blah. That has always been garbage to begin with. So now that the economy is level and fine and it's, oh, we over-exaggerated our, you know, that we're going to go into recession. <laughs> now that that's fine, it's not the economy stupid no more, right? You've got to find something right. else. And it just tells me, and, always, and it's always been this way. This is just not new for Biden. But it just tells okay. me that 
what happens is that the Republicans are better at messaging. And since mm-hmm. the Democrats are a big ticket party, there's all these other factors that play in because you can always find something in a Democratic Party to dislike a Democrat for. Right? We know that right. there's a big abortion fight. We know what the Republicans are doing across this country in their legislatures mm-hmm. and there's no exception for rape and incest and all of the we know that this stuff is their agenda. We know that technically they don't have an agenda. Their agenda is right. pretty much oppression. Right? We don't yep. want y'all to get rid of student loans, but we want to fund wars. We know that that's a part of the agenda. There is nothing even about picking Democrat or Republican. Nothing. There is no way that anybody should vote Republican, and Republicans actually know that. They're just they're just okay. stuck. So at any point that you're looking at this, even if I don't agree with Democrats, there's no way in heck I'm a vote Republican. Right? Unless I, right. I'm looking at an individual race, which that's very difficult because even at the individual, you know, local levels, those dudes still move lockstep together. The big problem is fighting inside of your own party, like especially when it comes to Democrats, of having, you know, these ideological fights inside of your own party. So once you get past that, people are going to vote Democrat. And I think Republicans have to vote Democrat because, you know, you got some guy who's convicted of, what what is it, sexual assault or whatever, rape. I don't know how they frame Trump's conviction. Well, they they found him... He's been lie. He's been for. He, you know, he's been found. He's liable. They, the, the judge said, "Hey, he did do it." But obviously, this is a right. civil case, not a criminal case. Yeah. No, right. No. Mm-hmm. No. But still, it doesn't matter if it's similar. Just because he didn't go to jail didn't mean he wasn't guilty. Right. I got that you. Mean that, I didn't, yeah. Right. But I'm yeah. just saying, don't. You know, we're differentiating so that people use as excuse. Well, he didn't go to jail. Right. Like that's a big thing. The problem is that dude was impeached twice. Um, never even prosecuted for some of the stuff that he was impeached for. They didn't even take yeah. him to trial. And Garland, again, you talk about conservative Democrats, they should have took his butt to court two years ago. Now we're butting up on an election. So now people are asking the question, did he wait too long? Of course he did. Because white folks, by default, want to keep the impression that white folks don't make mistakes. The United States is perfect. We don't live in a you know, in an area yeah. that we won't convict people because of the color of their skin or because right. of, you know, their political stature. Yes, we do that. So Garland did yeah. not want to appear to go after him because the Republicans yeah. were going to say, oh, he only went after us because we're Republicans. He went after him because yeah. he broke the law. Yeah. Right? And, so and guess what? That's why that's and Comey – and Comey did the exact opposite when it came to the Hillary Clinton situation, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. He said, oh, hey. I need to release this before the election because I think it would be fair. Because that dude was a Republican. Yeah. He was trying to sink Hillary Clinton, and he still Absolutely. got the foot of Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Ain't that crazy? Ain't that crazy? Yeah. He, he sit here and, and tried to put... Try to you know try to go in and do exactly what you said, Jerome. But then guess what? Donald Trump still put foot to ass when that opportunity yep. came around. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Looks like we have a call. We, we got, got a call. Who we have? We got our brother. Co- we got Covina man on the line. 
on the line with Oh, that. my she goodness. You said it right. Brother. Our brother. What's going on? Yeah. Good morning, sir. It's always, it's, it's like an eclipse. Because he'll listen, but every now and then, we stir that soul, man. Yeah. And Kavita, man, calls him. What's going on, brother? How are you? Yeah, what's going on, man? I hope everybody's doing good, man. Doing well, <laughs> brother. Doing well. Yeah, good. okay. Uh, this this prompt me because I've, I've been hearing a lot about black Trump supporters lately, or or at least there and around, you know, what you guys are talking about. And, and it's not yeah. so much that everybody's turning into Candace Owens. I think it's I think it's a a different level of black people that I'm that I'm hearing. And I don't agree with what they're saying, but I I I, I hear what they're saying. And and one is the level of a, it's, it's three little issues. I'm gonna get real quick. One is the level of uh, ignorance or intentionally like misinformation. There's a lot of people out right. here that you know. Remember back in the '90s, it was like I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. You know, I ain't doing this because I'm keeping it real. There's a level of yeah. that going on now that is like. It's keeping it real not to know anything about politics, not to hmm. know anything about what the Democrats or Joe Biden or something, because now it's like, no, I'm keeping it real. And the, the, the second reason is there's a group of people out here who's saying if Biden does not give black people reparations, they're not going to vote. So it's either give me reparations right now or we're, we're never going to vote for Democrats ever again. And number three, it's, it's like a self-inflicted wound here. With the idea that you know Democrats over the the decades that came up with these sanctuary cities, and now you know, Greg Abbott is dumping all these migrants into sanctuary cities, which a lot of places is like your neighborhood black ghetto community. Mm-hmm. Like examples like mm-hmm. Chicago, where you have these yes. residents of Chicago is saying, "Why are you dumping all these migrants over here?" And they're blaming Joe Biden for dumping it. The, the things over here, mm-hmm. but they're, why are you dumping these migrants in the black community? And then they're handing out, you know, you know, food, housing and, and services to all these migrants. And meanwhile, you got all these black people who are homeless black people who are poor and they're cutting back on black stuff in order to fund mm-hmm. these migrants that's coming into these black communities. So that's what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. you know, on the, on the, on the street level, you know, the, the internet chatter. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 like I said about the repar- reparations, that's what I heard. And then I also watched uh, Joy Reid, and she was responding to 50 Cent. Did you see that, Covina? When, when, when he was talking about uh, New York is uh, uh, giving $53 million to the migrants. Yeah, and, and, and it was $53 million to the migrants, and they're putting it on a card. And it was like it saves them almost $600,000 a month to do it that way because they can't legally have a migrant in the shelter and not feed them. So these people are not eating the food that's in America, which I can truly understand, but, hey, beggars can't be choosy is what people are saying. you got to eat what's what the hell is in front of you. But they're, they're also saying that, you know, that, that you know, and at the end of 50 Cent's tweet, he said that, you know, hey, Trump's still not in the Bible option. I was like, dude, if you're talking about messing with your, you, people don't understand this. It's messing with your democracy. You, you know, you, you, yeah, okay, fine. You like Trump, that's your deal, but you might not ever get a chance to vote again. Keep that in mind. When you talk about Trump, everybody's talking about, oh, he's just joking when he's going to be talking about he's going to be on the first day. They're dictated. No, if people tell you who they are, you believe them. 
Well, you know what, though, and I'm glad you brought that up because the thing that really irks me about some of this stuff, you know, this is why I've always said about, like, for example, I'm going to talk about, you know, this guy that I can't stand, Charlemagne the God. You have these cats that used to sell drugs and do all this, and now all of a sudden they're freaking legal scholars, and people listen to these fools. And so at the end of the day, what type of impact will that have on us as a nation? You have these guys running around saying, Yo, Trump's a viable option. Give me a freaking break. But people are going to listen to that. No. They're going to listen to that. Charlemagne, Charlemagne, God, Charlemagne, Charlemagne said that he said he's not a Biden man. supporter, but he said in the end, that's who's going to vote for. He said that Trump Yeah, he, man. He never said I, I don't give a damn. Okay. Yeah, well, you know what, man? Don't bring that. I can't stand that dude, man. I, I don't know why. I don't care. Maybe you can't the miss well, uh, Yeah, yeah but still. You got a freaking. So, I, can't, I didn't can't misquote do him. I didn't misquote him. I just said people like him. I didn't say what he said. I said what type of influence they have on our people. That's what I said. I didn't misquote that clown. He's a clown, if you ask me. I'm just tired of all these people running around here listening to these fools who used to sell the pedal drugs and used to be gangsters and all this other stuff. Now, all of a sudden, you know, people are going to them for, oh, well, what is your problem? Man, the hell with you. The hell with you. You know what? I'm, and I say I ain't got mad now. Kavina, man, I'm glad you're here, bro, because we're about yeah, to jump into your segment of the show. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, we named it after you, Kavina time. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, thanks for that. I, I got to get out on this bike ride before it starts raining. It's, it's about to be a, a flood out here in California. I need to get my, right. my bike ride. Get on out there, Kavita. Get on out there on that bike ride, man. We love you, boy. All right. Appreciate All right, you brother. always. All right, Thank you. You continue to listen, man. Thank you. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. In honor of Kavina, man, it's Kavina time. February is Black History Month, and all month long we'll be featuring, Kavina time will be featuring a little known black fact. So it's time to kick it in. Three four seven eight four. Damn. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven. Boy, you got me pissed off talking about that dude. I can't stand that Negro. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> there were two different views of uh, what the issues were all about. For European Americans, they wanted freedom from England. For black Americans, they wanted freedom from white people uh, telling them what to do, enslaving them, or uh, mistreating them. Blacks really had a lot of hope. They saw that uh, maybe for their children and uh, their children's children, it would be freedom. That motivated a lot of people. During my research, I came across one name that really struck me, Peter Salem. Trained in a local militia, it's been said that he was a great marksman. So what we know about Peter Salem is that he was born about 1750 in Framingham, Massachusetts, to uh, an enslaved family, Peter Salem's owner. He gives 
Peter the option that he could have his freedom if he joins the militia. Peter Salem agrees to fight on behalf of American independence with the understanding that he'll be freed in exchange for his service. There are a lot of ways in which military service during the Revolutionary War for a lot of African Americans was the first time they had an opportunity to make a life for themselves. So many of them were feeling the new status of freedom for the first time, and they were feeling that through this military combat that they were taking part in. In June 1775, during the Siege of Boston, Peter Salem finds himself on the front lines. Bloodshed has happened at Lexington and Concord. Now we're moving forward, we're at Bunker Hill. The British have seized Boston now. The port has been closed down. Massachusetts was in an upheaval. The uh, idea behind Bunker Hill was to sort of foil the British. The battle was a very, very bloody battle. Toward the end of the day, the Americans started to run out of ammunition. Uh, Major Pitcairn of the British Royal Marines, he tried to organize uh, the troops that were left. He was the highest ranking officer left on the field that day that had not been killed or wounded. And he gathered all his soldiers and was uh, telling them, hey, we got to show them what real soldiers could do. At that moment, Peter Salem lines up his rifle, pulls the trigger, and makes history. June 1775, Battle of Bunker Hill. Reportedly, British Major John Pitcairn yells, the day is ours, and leads the final charge. At that same moment, many would claim black soldier Peter Salem raises his rifle and puts a bullet through the Major's head. This is a big, big deal because you know, here's an African-American who is part of the killing of a, a significant figure. While the Patriots lose this battle, the British suffer significant casualties. And for the nascent Continental Army, killing a British officer is a confidence booster. As news spreads, Peter Salem emerges as a hero. There's this, this element of surprise that's really fascinating to me. And, and I think that Peter Salem's story reflects both the reality that black men were just as good as any others when it came to fighting this war, but also the reality that Continental Army officials were really shocked that that was the case. They didn't believe, they didn't expect that Peter Salem would be a brave soldier. And so it was notable to them that he fought bravely, that a black man fought with bravery. In 1786, artist John Trumbull immortalizes the Battle of Bunker Hill. The painting includes a black soldier. Some have claimed this is Peter Salem, but you might not even notice. He's down in the corner in a dark shadow, and because his skin is dark, you can hardly see him there. In some of the history books I've seen, they, they, they would crop off Peter Salem. I think the reason that uh, the black contributions to the success of the Revolutionary War are not acknowledged has to do with the fact that certain people do not want to give black Americans any credit for helping us win our freedom from England. They want to minimize any contributions that blacks have made and try to portray us as savages, and, and that's not true. Online radio at its best. Um, let, let me ask you, Mrs. Moffitt, um, and I hate to bring this to you, but a, a, the co a congressman from your state, um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I apologize for even having to ask you this question, but she has 
trying to speak for your daughter and saying that your daughter and the other two brave troops who died would have preferred to be at the southern border rather than doing what they're doing. What is your response to that? No one, no one can speak for my daughter other than me, her dad, or her siblings. So we, we, we just don't want anybody to tell her story because Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't know her. We know her. We know she she may rather have been where she was. She may not want to be at the southern border. I can't answer that question. Neither can Marjorie Taylor Greene. So she can't speak for her. Mr. Moffat, you sounded like you wanted to say something as well. I agree with everything my wife said about my daughter and don't use my daughter. Yeah. What would you... Welcome back here at 347-850-1272. It's uh, 52 minutes after the hour, eight minutes before the top of the hour, and you're listening to the Syrian side. Uh, this past week, uh, three American soldiers were killed in a drone attack uh, on the Pakistani border between uh, between Iraq. And and uh, and the story really, really has an effect on me because obviously I served. Uh, the three people that were killed were African-Americans, uh, two females and a man, and uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene decides to politicize their deaths by saying they would have preferred to have been on the United States southern border versus where they were. Uh, and you heard from the parents, uh, you heard from the parents of one of the soldiers that were uh, that were killed, and uh, they said, "Look, you can't speak for my daughter. You can't speak for my daughter." And what a damn shame that you have these rich-ass people sitting in Congress who's not even willing to serve this nation. And the only service that they provide to this nation is nonsense and chaos. Let me, let me turn to you, Jerome, because this kind of reminds me, and this is coming up in a, in, a, in a segment that's coming up here soon, how these rich people, people who think that they're better than everyone, runs for Congress, gets voted in, and they haven't made no damn sacrifices for this nation. None. Right. For Marjorie Taylor Greene to open her lips and say what she said, it's you know what? It's a travesty. And right. good gracious, man. You know, I get on my knees every night and I pray for stability in this nation. And I ask myself the question, why on God's green earth is she in Congress? Why? What purpose does she serve? I mean, I know the circle of life. The reason why we have this is in order for, you know, we have mosquitoes so we can have people who can create insecticides to kill the mosquitoes. I get all this crazy nonsense, but what purpose does she serve? I don't get it. Why is she you there? Know, okay, so I know we're going to deal with her, but here's my problem kind of in a in a bigger picture. That reporter should have had some damn sense to not do that and put them on the spot because if that family would have said, no, my daughter fought to create equity that we still don't have in this country for black people, then they would have fell the hell out and said, why has it got to be about politics? Because you brought politics in that. If they would have had another prepared statement to fight that to make a political statement, then they would have been like, it's our military and it should be nonpartisan. But that reporter brought a partisan. Mar- who gives a damn about Marjorie Taylor Greene? So that was Joy Reid. Say it again. That was Joy Reid, who uh, oh, 
brought them on. Right, but but I'm saying though, for for her, she was she was baiting her to make a political statement, and if they would have yeah. had a prepared political statement where they would have lit in to the atrocities that yes, if we if if the family would have said, well, if we weren't committing genocide, then maybe it would, everybody would have fell out. You don't ask no yeah. grieving family to weigh into politics because if they are conscious as black folks, and I'm not saying that they're not. If they would have came with a prepared statement, everybody would have lost their mind, and they would have been they would have been blaming the victim for what their thoughts are, right? So we need to be hmm. really careful. We always expect black people to be docile and, and to say stuff like, you know, we just want peace and blah blah blah. They always want that. And Joy Reid needs to be smarter than this as well, right? Because when we talk about Tiffany Cross. And what, how Tiffany Cross got kicked out of MSNBC, we know that you have to do the deed of the people who are oppressing everybody else, even if you are on MSNBC. So when people trust other black folks to um, go on their shows, kind of like R. Kelly going on with Gail or, or Michael Jackson going on with Oprah, and black people turn on you and set you up, that is problematic. So I don't give a, a damn about Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's crazy. But MSNBC wow. wants, you know, to go back and forth with a political fight, but you're still using black people's grief to make political points. We got to get smarter. Wow. We have. Hey, but I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm going to stand up, bro. I, I just, I did not see that. I mean, I've always said, you know, and people get upset with me when, when I say this, Ms. Delias, because I'm, I, you know, look, I like Joy Reid. But it just seems to me every time something happens, first of all, she brings people on her show and she never lets them talk. Uh, she's cutting them short, um, you know, and I may get in trouble for saying this, but so be it. You know, it just seems to me that every time something comes up, she always, you know, she wants to, you know, bring race into it. And, you know, listen, there are times to bring race into it. There's times not to bring race into it. Uh, but I never looked at it from that perspective. Kudos to you, Jerome. I didn't even look at it from that brand. I looked at it as she wanted to highlight the fact that these were three African-American soldiers who were killed. And let's bring the family right. on. Let's give them a platform. Now, they were also on Fox, too. Yeah. Right? I, so, I'm not saying that she shouldn't have brought them on. I'm you know, I know, that, I know, no, no, right? I know, I know, I know, I know. You didn't say that. No, 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 I know. No, trust me, I didn't. I don't want to give anyone the impression that you did say that. I just didn't yeah. look at it from that viewpoint. I did not even look at it through that lens. Wow, that's why we call you the smartest man in the world. But tell me your thoughts on uh, the whole thing, plus what Jerome added to the mix. I didn't see him adding that ingredient to the pot. Well, I, 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 I think that anybody, I'm like the father. Anybody who politicizes this. For your own personal gain, you're a sick individual. That, that, that's just how I feel about it. And, and the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene you know, made her political statement, it, it, it's just, it, it's just it's sickening. But then again, you are talking about the, one of the sickest women in Congress, you know, right. who, who, you know who politicizes everything. So she's going to get her political views across. And I can't fault Joy Reid for bringing this out because it's news. I cannot, I cannot falter for that because this is this, this stuff needs to be brought out. You know, if you're gonna politicize it, then yeah, say if you're gonna say it, then it needs to be brought out. So I, I can't falter for that. But you know, right. at the same time, I'm looking at it through the lens of saying that, hey man, you know, sometimes you just gotta, uh, 
you, you gotta you gotta look at the source and just say this this is a sick this is a sick individual and let and, and leave it at that, man. Can't give no more camera time than whatever. But, but I don't want to put words in, in Jerome's uh, mouth, and I just want to make sure that I this is how I saw. This is what I walked away with when you made those comments, uh, Jerome. I walked away with that Joy Reid was politicizing it as well. Now, I mean, did I look at that wrong? Because if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll stand corrected. But no. it sounds to me what no, you're no. saying is, look, don't you politicize it either. You're wrong for even putting them in that situation, right? I'm Yes. I, what, I was, what I'm saying is if Joy Reid had that to say about Marjorie Taylor Green, she should say it. But she don't set up the family that's grieving to say a political statement. Joy Reid could have said anything she wanted to. I agree with LES. It was news. It was newsworthy. That woman said it, and Joy should have ate her ass up for saying it. But the problem is, is that instead of instead of her saying it, she brought the family on to say something right that was going to bring exactly some controversy onto the family, and that's what I disagree with because. Here's how this worked with the Tiffany Cross situation. When Tiffany said something about Fox, right, when she said something about Tucker Carlson, Carlson or whoever, when she said that, the, the owners, the executive producers or whomever who owns NBC got on her, fired her, right, for saying something about something. Uh, and it wasn't even on her show. It was on a podcast or something. On a radio show, right? She says something mm-hmm. about them. NBC fired her. So instead of Joy saying something and taking the stance that Tiffany Cross did and say Marjorie Taylor Green is a witch, she should just said what she said, opposed to leaving room for that family to say that because they're not leaving there with any kind of security. They don't have no show. They don't have any of that. They have only thing they get is the benefits that comes from them being um, from them serving. And, you know, Congress can just be like, oh, they don't like us politically. Let's stop their benefits, their, their, you know, death benefits or whatever. They can do things to them on the political side um, as far as her, their, their kids, their family's legacy inside the military. They're still technically governed over politics. So you don't do that to them, right? That's all I'm saying is that I'm not blaming Joy Reid. I just want to put that out there. It's just like Charlemagne. Like, it's just like looking at those nuts. It's like Obama goes on the, the Breakfast Club. Um, um, what's her name who's not going to win uh, goes on there. I can't remember. Nikki Haley goes on them. Yeah. He says, oh, racism started or peaked or whatever during Obama. During Obama. Yeah. And, yeah. And, them, and them black folks didn't light her up. We have a black audience on here, not just a black audience, I must add, but there is no way I am letting anybody dishonor my people <laughs> while they're using our audience to get to our people. Yep. I don't understand that. You don't, you're not a neutral when somebody uses you to get to your culture, to get exactly. to your people. Exactly. Man, speak that mess. Speak that mess. You are absolutely correct. So they should speak. not be weighing into politics. I know they work for Clear Channel. I know this, but and, and so they work for them. They're bringing Nikki Haley in to act like they're a political show. They ain't no political show. They're entertainment. Thank you. Yeah. So if you're not gonna, if you're gonna bring a politician on your show, people bring somebody in 
that's political to help you ask questions or to rebut what she's saying. Because you're letting people yeah. get away with stuff and filter it into our community, just like what Kavina Man was saying and LES, is that our young people are put off by politics because we have nuts entertainers engaging them with misinformation that they're not making good decisions. I can tell you when I talk to young people, they come away with a different perspective because they, when they ask me a question, I can answer it. I don't hem and haw and be like, yo, you have a civic duty to vote. I don't do that to them, right? Because now you're opening them up to all of this nonsense that they have to contemplate. I've been on this earth longer than they have. They have elders, and we need to speak to them like they have elders. That is white folks that usually tell us they're young people and minds of their own, and they need to make their own decisions. No, they don't. We have a responsibility to provide the best information and guidance that we have as elders generally. You don't raise your kids in your house and then say, hey, they get to do what they want to. Well, you get to do what you want when you leave out of my presence, but even back in my presence, you still have an obligation to actually respect the hierarchy of your family structure because everybody does it anyway without even consciously knowing that they do that. They subconsciously do that. So we as black folks, we keep deferring to to our dysfunction. We keep deferring to not adhering to any responsibility. It is our responsibility as their elders to tell them that they're wrong, like it's their their responsibility to honor um, their elders. Like, I I won't talk about Reverend Sharpton. He put in too much work. That dude may be wrong, and I will call him out when he's wrong, but I won't disrespect him. Right? So I'm not disrespecting Joy. I'm saying that that was irresponsible for her to put the burden on that family who's grieving to take the heat that that they're going to take from dealing with political questions and political um, situations. She has a political show, but she has commentary power. And if she wanted to be brave, she should have brought Tiffany Cross back on to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Do that. Our, our, look, look, our Melissa Harris Perry. Bring her back too. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. Three, four, seven, eight. Huh? Own it. I said I know they're friends, but own it. Bring yeah. your girl back yeah. on. There you go. Mm-hmm. Look, I'll tell you what, and let me tell you something. You see what uh, what's going on with Morning Joe. You know, you start to see Chris Matthews back more. I like Chris Matthews personally, but you start to see they're trying to feed him back into the fray. Why can't she do the same thing? Why can't she start bringing these people back in? You know, I mean, if you yeah. control your show. Can I say something about that, too? I, I just thought about that. Because I like Chris Matthews. He's crazy, but whatever, right? He's an old yeah. school Democrat. So, yeah. but... Part of Tiffany Cross's issue was that they wanted her out of there because racist uh, Joe Scarborough's ass gets mad at people calling him racist. And when Tiffany Cross was on there, she lit into them. And Joe had a problem with Tiffany Cross. So across the board, white folks don't like to be called out. Yeah, white folks. I saw that. I saw that one, yes. Well, I like Joe. Yeah. I don't know what to say now. I'm, I'm look, look, I'm torn. <laughs> okay, I didn't right. know that. I don't, mean, that y'all, y'all telling me something here. Don't be, yeah. don't be torn. That's that was the crust of Morning Joe, right? It was that you have a Republican on there. They, they're not doing crossfire. You have a Republican smoothing out white supremacy agenda. They brought a dude on there that said. 
he interviewed X amount of black people to this book that he un- understands how black folks think and blah, 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 and they pacified his ass on there <laughs> to tell a book. And then, and then Tiffany Cross was on there, and she lit into him. How many black people do you know? Oh, none? Right. <laughs> well, through my research, damn your research. She lit into him. I didn't go back to find that. I always have respect for Tiffany, but she really had to hold it down, and she took the sh- she took a shot. And um, as a community, we need to take a shot against the establishment. But Joe did not like anybody contradicting him on a sh- um, being contradictory to on his show to him. And exactly. Mika's Mika's daddy, when he was in there, he's the one that said. It's it's easier to kill a million people than it is to um, change their thoughts or something. Like that dude was not that nice either. And so them those guys are conservative. And just because you know um, what is it if John Lewis or somebody did their wedding, don't ma- mean that they like black people. Oh wow! Right? Yeah, I'm and, not go that. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm not going go that far. But okay, go ahead. Just, okay, I'll okay. wrap this up. You can. You can see it in them, but all I'm saying is that we have to see through this bull sometimes. We have to see through it. It is not their responsibility to reveal themselves to us because everybody wants to be with the cool kids. I like black oh, people, yeah, too. You cool kids. I like it, too. Interesting. <laughs> well, listen, we'll, like quote, we'll wrap this segment up by saying, look, our thoughts and prayers goes out to the families who, who lost their loved ones. There were over 40 uh, U.S. military personnel injured during that attack. Looks like they thought, uh, the military thought that this was a friendly drone returning back to base, and it was actually an enemy uh, drone. So uh, thoughts and prayers. Two of the soldiers were promoted uh, to uh, sergeant after their deaths. Um, just just sad. It's just a sad situation, you know, at any time. You know, being a former service member, any time someone loses their life, especially someone who looks like me, um, you know, it really sets me back. And it really, you know, just uh, it really hits a spot because I serve with so many people that look like me. And I know what we go through. I know our thoughts and our, our ambitions. I know the reasons why we join. And, and um, you know, sometimes you see a lot of African-American kids join the military for complete opposite reasons that our white counterparts join. I mean, we all are brother in arms, brothers in arms, brothers and sisters in arms, I should say. But at the end of the day, our agenda is a little bit different. So for these people to lose their lives uh, that under those circumstances, um, you know, Godspeed to their families. And, uh, you know, no matter how many times you say your thoughts and prayers, it's not going to bring the family members back. So just uh, rest in peace, soldiers, and uh, God bless. We'll, we'll be right back after this. Tony. 
crazy year for all of us. But you still were able to put out Audacity Volumes 1 and 2. Now that those are out, what's next? Well, there's still more to do here. I just gotta keep going until the work is done. I mean, you can give in portions, but there's nothing better than the whole thing, right? I just want it to be complete. I gotta finish this. Wait, you're gonna post those pictures of Mary? Yep. She thinks she's so hot. But her mom and dad will see them. Her grandmother, her little sister, everyone she knows, it's gonna kill her. Who cares? Just a couple of pictures. No big deal. No big deal? Don't. This has gotta stop. Stop cyberbullying. The results could be deadly. Online radio at its best. He laughed about it. What a sick... He finishes that sentence behind closed doors, which if you covered the president and you talked to his team, no, he swears, yeah. just like Donald Trump swears, just like you don't swear. Never. Um, and so that's not surprising. But I think what's interesting is that's one of those moments where he connects with people by being a normal human being, kind of off script Joe Biden that we knew when yeah. he was in the Senate or when he was vice president. 
Because you need to do more of that. You know, over swear, but overwhelmingly, the political bosses I've had did not swear. Uh, made life a little bit easier. But I think it, it also shows, yes, that, that language works now. And it works because of Donald Trump. Welcome back in. 15 minutes after the top of the hour, you're listening to the serious Father of the J. Rowell Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, I'm here with my brothers, uh, Vanessa Thought, this morning. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us every Sunday. We really appreciate you. We really do. I promise you that. Joe Biden, boy, potty mouth. This is a big effing deal. Remember those words? Well, Joe Biden at a campaign stop didn't help himself. He said he's a sick. He didn't have his quarter. He couldn't curse. But I'm telling you right now. President Biden despises Trump. And despite all this, there are polls out there saying that Donald Trump will beat Joe Biden in the head-to-head in the head-to-head race. So, you know, this is a situation I think, Jerome, and you know, listen, I know what you say. Polls, polls, schmoles, why do we pay attention to them? Let me say this, though. At the end of the day, I really truly believe what you're saying when it comes to this particular poll because I don't think people are tuned in just yet, right? I just think that folks who are tuned in are the people, first of all, you you know, if you talk to 1,000 people, you know, 2,000 people, I mean, that's a small sample size. But, you know, I'm not going to ask you should we be concerned about polls because I know how you feel about polls. But this counter goes, he's starting to, He's a complete. Yes, is not uh, Michelle Obama. The phone, phone is breaking up. When they call, breaking up. The phone is breaking up real bad. It's breaking up real, real bad. What? Real bad. You yeah. can hear every other word. So should I let you keep going, or should I let you know? No, no. I, I'm glad you did, Mr. Elias. I'm oh, you're back. Saying I'm. You're back. I'm. I'm. I'm yep. It works. Thank now. you, sir. Thank you. Yep, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm standing next to a uh, some, some piece of aluminum foil, so hopefully that'll take care of it. Let's um, go. Uh, what I was saying was that, you know, Michelle Obama said that when they go high, you know, when they go low, we go high. Michael Obama, a.k.a. Mr. Elias, says when they go low, we go lower. So is this a situation <laughs> where, you know, this is where he needs to be. He needs to be, you know, in in the gutter. He needs to start fighting fire with fire. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight, you know. At the end of the day, they're saying what they were saying. And I'm not sure how much of what I said uh, that you heard in the very beginning. I talked about polling where it, it shows mm-hmm. that Biden is down. And I said polls, smoles. I know how you feel about polls. But is this right. the new way? Should we be fighting? Should they be fighting on this front? Let's just get in the gut and sling mud with them. Well, you know, I don't think that it's a, a desperate situation where you need to sling mud. Because most of the time when you sling mud, you're just trying to, you know, last minute do, you know, be be shocking, right? People are not paying a close enough attention right now to even make right. any determination what a poll means. But yeah, that's what polls I said. do have, yeah, they do have, they just temperature. Um, right. So when you're talking about polls, if I was running, if I was working on the um, Biden campaign, I'd know 
that if I saw a poll, it depends on who the pollster is to how serious I would have to take a poll. The news don't care. It's a horse race to them. They want ratings. And so they're going to always hype it up because they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, Biden's winning big, so let's talk about something else, right? It's, it's kind of like war coverage, like when you see CNN have this big, nice graphic, the war in the Gulf kind of thing, right? Like they will yeah. hype something up for ratings. So the polls right. um, this early on is just for ratings um, and, and political talk. But the truth is okay. the climate in the rest of the country is that um, the Republicans have been w- losing races, like even off your late um, races, like crazy in landslides since Obama. I mean, they've been getting beat bad. Even when Trump won, they were still getting their butt kicked. And it wasn't yeah. until the gerrymandering part of them taking over Congress and how it's gerrymandered in a lot of those districts, right? Right. Um, after the census stuff, um, there's, they received two more seats in New York State, put them yeah. over the top to actually make them have control of Congress. And, you know, the Supreme Court ruled New York State that um, two months ago that they have to redistrict them, so they're going to lose those two seats. Right, yep. We right? talked about that, so, yep. Yeah, and so what, what's going on is always an impression thing just for, you know, just for talk. But at the same time, the climate is not good for Republicans, and they are just doing nothing more than making an ass out of themselves as they follow Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, you know, you see the Boebert woman is polling fourth or fifth Ooh, in her race. Yeah, yeah. In a primary. There is. Yep. Right? Because even Republicans are like, okay. We're just going a bit too far. They can read tea yeah. leaves, too. So even though nationally they're like, oh, they're head-to-head, the, the polls are, um, or I'm sorry, the actual numbers of them losing races has been sloping down for the Republicans for like at least the last 10, 12 years. They've been getting smoked bad on the ground. So being that they, it, it's why they keep trying to change institutions. When they have power, especially the Supreme Court, they're like, we need to change the laws because we're not going to have any control over who the legislatures are. And so that's the bigger, that's the bigger thing to focus on when we start talking about polls and starting to talk about upcoming races is how we interpret what, um, what mainstream is trying to sell to us because power always yeah. does that. It wants to keep power. The only function yeah. of government is to keep itself in, in power. It's not really to to do best by the people. They're just trying to maintain order so you don't rise up and kick their butts out. That's yeah, number you know, one uh, that's what they're doing. They're playing chestnut checkers, and like you said, they'd be getting skull drilled. The only president, every freaking president, every Republican president, our, our, our GOP uh, presidential nominee has lost the popular folk, the exception of George W. Bush, and that was because of uh, 9-11, I think. But still, let me yeah. get your thoughts on this one, man. My, my thoughts are, man, every now and then, he needs to let them let them, let, let the cuss words fly. Because you got you got to fight the enemy where they are. you got to fight that enemy where it is. You do. Nobody said nothing will come. When, 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 you know, everybody talks all that trash, but when, 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 what did his party say? When he said, he said when he called it the African nation asshole countries. Yeah. 
Oh, well, yeah, and Trump. <laughs> yeah, so every now and then, Joe Biden needs to let some 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 cuss words go and fight that enemy where he's fighting them. I I believe that. I really truly believe that because this guy, you you can't not you cannot let this guy get away with what he's getting away with. But if you keep letting him do what he's doing, yeah, it, it ain't good. It's not a good thing. Hmm. Interesting. Three four seven eight five zero. One two seven two. Uh, you know, listen, I, I'm like you, Jerome. I, I just don't think people are paying attention, and I think I said that when I was going through my 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 Charlie getting upset. Uh, I, I think that no one's paying attention at this point, um, and so you know, obviously. But listen, let me say this, and, and don't get me wrong, and all you people who are listening, we talked about this the last segment, how sometimes we get too black and we want to be, you know, we out-black ourselves. And what I mean by that is, well, you know, he didn't do this, so I'm not voting for him. What the hell you mean you're not voting for him? Really? So it's a, it's, you know, it kind of goes back to the thing with Hillary Clinton, what she said about, the, you know, the super bank. Shut up. Sometimes you need to vote. Look, look stop all this nonsense. Sometimes we just get too black. We out-black ourselves because because he didn't say this. I'm not going to vote. I'm just going to stay at home. Okay. So then you're going to put somebody in the White House that you know don't give a damn about you. Right. Right. I'm going to write in. I'm going to write in somebody because I. You know, they, were, they were interviewing a Democratic uh, voter. And she was like, well, I don't like what, what Joe, Joe Biden's stance on, on Gaza is. And, and, you know, and so that means you're going to vote for Donald Trump. Nope. I'm just going to write in. And I forget the person's name they said. Oh, really? So you're going to put in a protest vote? I mean, so what is that all about? I mean, listen, and on one hand, you tell people to vote their pocketbooks. You tell people to vote their conscience. But God dang it, sometimes we have to rally and say, look, we got to get rid of Donald Trump. I don't know how Donald Trump disappears off the political landscape. Because if he loses this year, he can come back, you know, in four years run again. Right, I mean, you know, it's almost like, do you let the bastard just win so we can get rid of him, or hopefully he'll be in jail by then? But how do we get rid of this fungus known as Donald, uh, Donald Trump? He, he wins. You think he's gonna go anywhere? You think he's gonna relinquish the presidency? Well, man, he, he ain't winning. Well, really? see, that's see, you and I look at that different. You think he's gonna win? I don't think he's gonna win. I don't think he has a snowball snowball's chance in hell of winning. But. We'll say you don't this. think he's going to jail either, do you? <laughs> You're like, he's not going to win and not going to go to jail. <laughs> well, he's going to jail. Right. I think he's going to jail. And I, now, okay. y'all can think what you want. I think he's going to jail. Mr. Elias okay. and Vanessa says he's not going I think he's going to jail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but, I, but, but I'll <laughs> say this. Are they going to have that what? trial on March 5th like you thought? <laughs> what's that got to do with the price of, what's that got, what's that got to do with the price of tea in China? What are we didn't, didn't we talk about this last week? You said, Mark, Well, I don't give a damn. Okay, so what? Oh, you're right. I'm sorry, Mr. King. I'm sorry. You're right, Mr. Elias. I was wrong. <laughs> Do you feel better? I told you what. I know. I'm telling you what's happening. And you don't believe me. Oh, well, well okay. I'm tell me what's happening. Give me lottery numbers then since you know what's happening. You don't know. You're well, guessing like everybody damn body else. Stop. Okay, you're right. Right. I don't oh, so so you're I saying? Okay, wait a minute. So according to the world, according to Mr. Les, uh, Donald Trump's going to win the presidency, according to you. I think. I, you know what? You know why I believe that? Because his minions oh, don't care yes what no. Elie does. 
I just, what? I, I, did, did you listen or do you listen? You need to turn the damn wax out your ear. I said, the reason well, I'm going to clean my ears out during the break, Mr. Elias. I said, that's what I just said. The reason I believe that. I didn't say he wasn't. You said, go ahead, tell what you think. I just said that. Who the hell I just said? Reason I believe so according that. to you. millions don't change. Fact, according to me, I think he's going to win because his millions don't change. These people, no matter what he does, are going to vote for him. And you got all these bushy white ass Democrats who sit around and say, I don't want to vote for Biden because he's too old or he's not getting reparations or he's, he, he, it's a conspiracy theory that he wins. I hear all. This, I watch all this stuff and hear all this stuff. You know what his media okay. say all the time? We're gonna vote for him no matter what. Yeah, guess what? what he does. What, the one thing said, what would stop you from voting from Trump if, if he was a uh, if he was a misogynist? That if he she's on his body, he said, well, he did all that. They said, I'm, I'm still voting for him. People are right. going well, to vote what, for though. him no matter what. Well, we'll get. Well, guess what, Cool Breeze? He, he don't have enough minions to offset what's happening out there. So you can say what you want to say. Now, I'm done. Bye. We're going to break. We'll be right back after this. Clown. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Once upon a time, in a place called Mzansi, the people love driving cars everywhere. They use lots and lots of electricity down many trees for firewood. And then a very strange thing happened. The weather began to change. In some places there were droughts where before there was rain. In other places the rivers flooded. The grown-ups realized they were contributing to the strange weather. They discovered if they used clean energy and less electricity, they could save Mzansi for their children. How the story unfolds is up to each and every one of us. Switch off, recycle, change. Help save tomorrow, today. Call me or whatever you wanna 
Welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is our call-in number. It is the serious side on a beautiful Sunday. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of what we do in the forest. I'm Jane. Time to say good morning to my brothers from another mother. The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house and my boy Jerome Rome. Jerome, man, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Hey, man, just another day in paradise, no palm trees. What's coming up later on today, man, on uh, on a need-to-know basis? Anything you, you want to share with us? Hey, you know, we, we're on the start of uh, Black History Month, so I think we'll, we'll have to address some of that. You know, I like to leave people with something that they can take home, so <laughs> we'll talk about somebody in black history. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> and I guarantee you that the somebody... Somebody will be, and somebody will be black. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. <laughs> we'll be historic. So just there you go. That. There you go. Tune in. That's coming up in about thirty minutes or so. Uh, Mr. Elias, the man who gets the first and last word uh, here on the show, is in the house as well. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Mr. Sister. 
chat room uh if that's uh you know if we have anybody in there you never know and a man is, is definitely in there with us man yeah the bike rider he's in the house want to say what's up to the pastor what's happening to the pastor want to say what's happening to O'Ray? what's going on already buddy uh steady uh taylor Ooh, is that taylor swift uh ray <laughs> No more publicity from none of us. Gone it. Can't even watch the game no more. Says Taylor. Okay. I don't know who it could be. Could be her. Anyway, I want to say what's up to everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of what we do. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Jerome, man, I didn't get. Uh, want to give you an opportunity to comment on the death of Carl Weathers, man, before we get to our last topic. Yeah, you know, I I saw that and um, from the Predator and you know I, the iconic Rocky stuff too. But you know, um, I don't even I don't I don't know what to say. I know the family said it was you know natural causes or or oh, really? died okay. died fully. Well, she said it, they they said in their statement that he died fully at home. So just much re- much respect for the work that he's put in. I know a lot of times that. You know, we have people who put in work and take that hit, and um, we don't recognize them till they pass. But much respect to the the family of Carl Weathers. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was uh, I was saying to Mr. Elias, I had just watched that episode of Good Times. Remember, his wife was posing in a bikini, and uh, JJ was painting her, and uh, that's one of the funniest oh. uh, episodes. You remember that? Right. Yeah, he was the husband. You remember? Uh, and, uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> James ever talked about some well, Miss uh, Walker. <laughs> oh, that was oh, a hey. funny episode. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> the Wiggler? Is that the one? Yeah, the Wiggler. Yeah, the Wiggler. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, the kids don't know who the Wiggler is. The Wiggler. Yeah, the Wiggler. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good episode. So anyway, rest in peace, Paul Wiggler. We'll just call him Miss Parker for the younger kids. Miss yeah, Miss Parker. Yeah, there you go. Look, I, look how you, you ain't lying. Miss Parker. Yeah, that was the original Miss Parker. Good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. in peace of Paulo. Paulo Creed living in America. Now you and James I can reenact that whole scene. Boy, it's good to glad you were able to uh, you know, grace this earth and I'm glad we had an opportunity to know who he is. Because, you know, once again we were talking about this earlier in the show. And you were on right when we were saying that about uh about associating a person with a character. Yeah, because you even brought up the, uh, yeah. the who's the person you brought up that said that uh, it was the guy from uh, Eric Lasalle, oh, yeah, yeah, from- Soul Glow guy. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Carl, but Carl Weathers, like he he did have some, you know, like we just talked about some good roles that we remember him yeah. by. So we can respect him as a really good actor. But yeah, he had some memorable roles, and I think that yeah, yeah. you know as actors, I guess that's what you want to do, right? Create some, right? create some moments, and he had his. 
Yeah, absolutely. Apollo Creed. Oh, man. Crazy. All right, folks. Time to get to the last topic of the morning. Online radio at its best. New video Wednesday shows the Texas Military Department beefing up razor wire installations in Eagle Pass along the border southwest of San Antonio. The security efforts continuing despite a setback at the U.S. Supreme Court Monday. The court, in a 5-4 ruling, vacated a lower court decision that blocked federal agents from cutting razor wire. The feds argued its agents need access to patrol the border and help migrants in need. But the state says it's essential to security and will discourage risky crossings away from legal entry points. Texas is doing every measure, putting every measure in place to prevent that, to try to discourage that. But yet at the federal level, the federal government has not done anything as far as trying to discourage illegal immigration, especially those that want to cross a dangerous river. Although the Supreme Court order allows for federal agents to cut the wire, there's still no ruling on the larger lawsuit over the matter. And so Texas is adding more. Texas is doing what they should do. The people of Texas are going to respond favorably to anything Texas can do to try to stem the tide. In a lengthy statement Wednesday, Governor Abbott cited constitutional law. He says allows for Texas to defend itself, writing that authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. But it is still unclear if the federal government will try to clear out the razor wire. The White House was asked about it Tuesday. How quickly uh, does the administration intend to remove all the razor wire that has been set up? So I don't have the, the specifics on the, what the border security is going to do and how they're going to do it. Look, we are uh, certainly glad that the Supreme Court uh, made the decision to, to uh, uh, vacate the injunction that prevented border security to actually do their jobs, to clause, uh, and it got in the way. I tell you what, uh, do as I say, not as I do. So riddle me this. Let's say that a Texas doctor decides to give a person an abortion. I wonder what the hell Texas would do then. So it's like you can follow some rules, but you can't follow all the rules. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so, so, so it's amazing to me how they can just defy the Supreme Court. But let a doctor defy the Supreme Court and give a kid or give a woman an abortion. Boy, they'd have them in jail before they can say, Ain't your mama. Right. I mean it's it's amazing to me how these people they're lawless. You can't follow the law sometimes when it's only beneficial for you, but then break it when you don't like the decision. So my question is, what? so what happens? They can just do this and nothing happens to Greg Abbott? Nothing? Yep. What happens? You know, we, we, we are in a society... Yeah, we, we're in a society that we keep doing the same thing, right? Again, we just talked about the the, the Israel Gaza Strip stuff. We break the law when we want to and then get mad at other people who break the law. And so where's the law, right? You can't have it, you know, you just can't. You know, the rules are when the law breaks the law, there is no law. Exactly. Right? So the law, the law cannot break the law. But Abbott seems to think that he can supersede it, and they keep saying states' rights, states' rights, unless it does not benefit them. And then they're like, no federal government needs to say 
Y'all need to step in, and then they'll cry state rights again. They just keep changing the rules that benefits their position. And I always say this. You can't have one side obeying the law, right? The Democrats have a tendency, especially black people in particular, right? We seem to think that laws can't be changed. So we're like, hey, that's the law. That's a black folks act. White folks are like, we're going to challenge this. I'm not doing it. And they just won't, regardless if it's the – who was the the guys who was um, went to the forestry store? Who was the white guys, the the ranchers that went up on federal land and held the guy hostage and that, like, yeah. they just do stuff. And then it's like, yeah. oh yeah, we're challenging that. And then they go to the Supreme Court and they be like, oh yeah, y'all can't enforce that for them. You steal a slice of pizza, they throw your butt in jail for forty years. And then nobody <laughs> thinks, oh that's unjust. It's only I can I can pay you know. Two dollars in restitution, and they'll be like, "Nope, you stole." Like they in, they selectively enforce laws, and that's why people get resistant to you know the the rule of law is because once you keep seeing these double standards, then how, no, who knows how to act, right? So yeah, Abbott, and I think it's the Supreme Court too that they get schizophrenic, like just that you know, um, Gore versus whatever, right? Like when they had an election, they stopped them from counting votes. But Republicans, like when Trump's in there, every vote counts, right? But they stopped them from counting votes and said, hey, this is a one-time ruling, so you got to discount this whenever we do anybody else's. That's how George W. Bush won. You're talking about him winning in a landslide. That was after 9-11, the first one. He stole that because George um, Gore got more votes than him. They stopped counting. So they keep changing the rules, and and we're we're seeing this society that won't believe anybody because we created a society that doesn't believe anybody. But, but Mr. Elias, once again, man, uh, and by the way, let me say this before I forget. There is a – there is a show that's coming on MSNBC tonight, 9, 9 p.m. Eastern, Black Men in America, The Road to 2024. I like Tremaine Lee. I'm going to check it out, and I, you know, I encourage other people to check it out as well. Mr. Elias, um, why? Why can – I mean, and I know – you know, listen, I know the answer to the question, but for discussion purposes, I'll ask. My question is, how can you sit here – the Supreme Court said that you cannot, you need to take that mess down. Yeah. Nope, we're not doing it. So think about the amount of, mo- amount of money that they're wasting, because as the federal <laughs> government comes in and starts tearing down barbed wire, he's putting it right back up. But yet still these Republicans in Congress, now that they have a bill that's the strongest immigration bill in the history of this nation they're playing politics it goes back to what we always talk about the republicans are great at they're great car chasers mm-hmm. you know you ooh, boy you drive down the street we running after the car but what happens when the car stops like oh oh call them now what it, it, it's and for the, the ridiculous people in this country who continue to put these fools in office is where i have a problem because well, Jay, you can't say that, blah, blah, blah. Yes, the hell I can say that. Because at the end of the day, you know, like John McCain's slogan in 2008, 
you know, country first. At some point, you got to say, you know what? I don't like what the Democrats are doing, but I cannot watch my party implode like this. You have so many people that you see on television, national Republicans, of national recognition who have changed parties because of this nonsense. So, Mr. Elias, what say you, man? I mean, what's, what's really going on? What's really going on, Jay, is that, like, 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 like Jerome said, they don't, they're, they're great at messaging, and they're, 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 they're horrific at everything else they do. These people got a deal in place that, that even, even old Mitch McConnell came out and said he supports. Oh, supports it. I don't know how many Republicans came out. Even, yeah, but he's wavering now. He's wavering now. He's wavering. Of course he's yeah. wavering because cause the, the leader said to waver. And, 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 and Lindsey Graham, sweet, sweet Lindsey Graham, said that um, <laughs> he supported it's the best bill he could ever have. And, and, and what did they say? Oh, man, we don't need this because why? Because Trump said it. And nobody knew what was in the bill. Trump said this is the worst bill ever. Because it lets 5,000 migrants today come across the border. No, what it said is that we're trying to get we trying to get a hold on this thing. We're trying to strangle them. I know exactly what's in this bill. Bits and pieces of it. What do they do? They try and block it. So don't have me no crap about immigration. Nothing. Not have, they're happy with this because because they want to. Uh, this is a sore point in Joe Biden's in his side. They're saying he's, he's bad on immigration. He's bad on it with inflation. This is, these are all the speaking points. So Donald Trump steps in and says, don't vote for this. Don't have to vote for it. This is what we're going to do. And, 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 a, and his party and the millions that he's got in those things, yeah, don't vote for this. the worst bill in the history of America. How do you know? You don't even know what's in the bill. You know it's the worst bill in the history of America. And no pushback ever to say uh, it was the worst bill in the history of America. Whatsoever. Is, this, is, this, is, this is the game that we play. Not, this is the game that they play. They're going to continue to play. What is really going on? You know, I think I'm going to get me a bottle of tequila and just go somewhere and sit and drink. That's what <laughs> the resolution to this is. This is crazy, man. Hey, you know, my goodness, our nation has never been perfect. But my God, what's going on now it just defies lunacy at a whole different level. This is crazy. This is if you know twenty five years ago, if we heard of a nation doing this, we would call them loco. And now here we are. This is crazy, man. Go ahead, John. You know, we'll yeah, change it up. We'll give you what, final thoughts on this. No, no. I was just going to say. You know what's crazy is that we. I I think we just don't consider how how crazy we are as a nation. That it's like we're really schizophrenic. When it comes down to it, so that's all I want to say. It it is crazy. It is. It's it's beyond comprehension. What we, what, what's going on in this nation? It really, it truly is. And, and you know what? Guess what? We're all a part of it. For you people who are listening, cause I know we have some people. I look at the little charts. We have people listening from other countries and stuff like that. You know what? We, you're right. We're bad doo doo crazy. And hey, you know what? We're just a, we're just a few Americans that's voicing our opinion because we do have the you know our Constitution protects our right to free speech, and we're saying that our country is plain loco. We'll be right back after this. Yeah. 
Californians have spent the past couple of days preparing for what forecasters say could be the largest storm of the season. The state is bracing for the second of back-to-back atmospheric river storms. Officials are warning of the potential for life-threatening flooding and landslides. The National Weather Service says snowfall rates and higher elevations could reach two to three inches an hour. 22-year-old Caitlin Clark is on track to become the all-time leading scorer for women's college basketball. Last night, she had 38 points as the Iowa Hawkeyes beat Maryland 93-85. Fans across the country spend a lot of money to watch her play. NPR's Juliana Kim has more on Clark's effect on the game. Some sports commentators call it the Caitlin Clark effect. The University of Iowa senior has become a must-see attraction, and it's causing a fan frenzy wherever she goes. Last week, Northwestern University saw its first-ever sold-out game for women's basketball in a match against Clark and her team, the Hawkeyes. On Saturday, resale tickets for Iowa versus Maryland's game started at around $120 and went up to over $1,400, according to Ticketmaster. This is a particularly interesting season for Clark. Not only is she on track to making NCAA history, fans are hoping she'll lead Iowa to victory at the national championships, a title that the University of Iowa has not yet ever won. Juliana Kim, NPR News. The music industry's Grammy Awards are tonight. The R&B singer-songwriter SZA leads the nominations and could become the first black woman to capture the Album of the Year prize in 25 years. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Listen to this podcast sponsor-free on Amazon Music with a Prime membership or any podcast app by subscribing to NPR News Now Plus at plus.npr.org. That's plus.npr.org. Online radio at its best. All right, folks, welcome back in. It is time for Pastor Steve State Your Case, where we read comments from the world-famous chat room and the social media sites that we monitor. And uh, let me read some. I have a few here to read. So look, we have Pastor Steve checking in. It says, Peace and blessings, family. I must confess my guilty pleasure, question mark, the back and forth between Les and James. It brings a smile <laughs> to my face and a prayer from my heart. Oh, boy. I thank God that the two of them are in different locations. Oh, we would hear some furniture moving. You're right, Pastor. I'm knocking his big ass out. Uh, it also, he said, yeah, it was he also, falling on that furniture. <laughs> he said, it was also great to hear Brother Kavina man on the show today. Y'all be blessed. Be blessed back at you, Pastor. All right. From Arlington, Texas. Good morning, fam. My brother Jerome was hitting on all cylinders this morning. He was already. Oh, my bad. Line. Bonnie B from Killeen, Texas. Rip to Apollo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip to Apollo Creed. Seti the ex... What is it? Seti the, the exterminator. <laughs> Carolyn, Texas. He's a gentleman. Great show. Found you all on Apple. Thank you, sir, for turning in. Let's get two more in here. Uh, don't like that one. Don't like one. Let's read this one. CC from Miami, Florida. Love the no-law comment. Don't know what that means. Okay. And last, let me read one more. All right. Uh, Janine from Kalamazoo, Michigan says, exactly, Jay. And I don't know what that means either. So apparently you agree with something that I said. And on that note, that's <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, Mr. Elliott said something smart. I didn't hear it, but uh, it's time for our final thoughts. And uh, Mr. Elliott, would you like to repeat what you said before we turn the mic over to Jerome? I said, you're going to be a punk. I said, that's how you... So my, I said, that's unusual. I don't have to be a punk. I don't want you to be scared of. I said, that's unusual. Um, Somebody like what you said. That is definitely unusual. Thank you very much. I love you too, sir. It's time for our final thoughts. Mr. Jerome, Spring Man, final thoughts. Yeah, you know, and I can clear up what the other um, person said. It was just the comment that when the law breaks the law, there is no law. So we still need to be oh, yeah, careful yeah, 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 yeah. of, you know, we still need to be careful of how we project um, fairness and equity in this society and stop calling it whatever Republicans have named it of being politi- politically correct or anything. Just remember, how can you tell your kids that they can do anything they want and other people's kids that they can't? So we still need to be mindful and, you know, conscious about how we distribute equity. And even on this program, um, I am definitely a con- I am definitely aware of what words I choose, even when I'm talking about this stuff. But a part of my task is to create the imbalance that's created from telling lies. I- I'm just adjusting mm-hmm. to that. So if you're lying all day and you come on this show and expect us to reiterate your lie, you are going to have a problem. And I always say that. Don't listen. Or send your comments to Jay, because I still not, will not listen. So don't send them to me, because I don't care. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. So that in other words, in, in other words, change the damn channel. That's what he's trying to say, <laughs> if you hey, like what we're doing. Don't say that. There you go. There you go. Hey, appreciate it, man. All right, the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, man, final thoughts. Look, folks, I say this all the time. Get out and vote. This, I know we always say this is the most important election, but this one is because, you know, some this dude is telling you who he is. And for people who sit there and say that Trump is just joking about him being a dictator, I don't. Hey, you know what? I think he gets in office, he's not going. He's not going to leave. He's not going to ever leave. And then he's going to pass it on to his kids. So we'll have the, the King Trump family. So look, folks, get out and vote. No, you don't have a voice. You know, what's amazing to me is that we are in the year 2024. This nation has been around for a very long time. And people who look like me, look like me have been freed for a very long time. But yet and still, you always find these stories. The first, this, the first that. It was 2008 when we had the first black president. It was 2020 we had the first female black uh, uh, vice president. Now, there's a story out there about a small town in Louisiana who is fighting to preserve a cemetery that's has black history, reeks of black history. This is crazy. We talk about fairness in this nation. We've been around for a long time, and yet and still, we're still fighting for a first, and we've been here forever. This is ridiculous, and it just makes my behind And on top of that, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? Time for the serious side of the J show. Jerome said it best. We're not going to sit here and continue your damn lies. So if you don't like what we're saying, change the damn channel. So for Jerome, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rouse saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the J Rouse show. Coming up next, 
On the need to know basis of our main man, Mr. Jerome Street. Keep it locked, don't you go nowhere. He's coming at you right about now. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge Alright folks, it's time for all the need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome is free. Jerome man, what's going on? What you talking about today? You know, you would think I would be a little bit more prepared, but I'm not. I did wanna um comment on something that LES said, but I still can't even remember that. See how that see how that works? Our memory is going. It's called old. So, it's called old, bro. It's called being old, dog. Hey, but go ahead. I'm not. I'm not old. I just want to say that we're just a little distracted. That's all that is today. So, <laughs> okay. I want to start off with <laughs> with a little bit of a um, little bit of Black history, right? And um, I want to remind people, since I knew the physicist John Dove, I'll start with him. You know, in 1968, he invented and patented. The laser-like technology that's used for, you know, CD-ROM and DVD and laser, laser disc, and he revolutionized how data is stored and transferred. So John Dove, people don't realize when you first started getting personal computers in the market that some black man created um, the technology that allows us to read, uh, you know, a million bits of information on a pinhead. There was somebody black who created that. Now. The side note of that is that he was pulled into the hot lights with Jager Hoover, though. So I did ask him that, and he said, yeah. They had him in there for a few days and asked him what country he worked for because a black person couldn't have invented something like that. But, hey, black people take it. You can do something good in the world, and people will still criticize you for being black. So there you have it. John Dove. Isn't it ironic that Jager Hoover was black, too? (laughs) Yeah. People don't know that. They don't know yeah. that. I mean, he, he, he denied his blackness, but he was a black man as well. He don't want to admit it. Yeah, he yeah he wanted to hide that um, he had any biracial, I guess is what he probably would have called it back then. Wanted to keep that out yeah. of his uh, out of his purview. But again, no excuse for that dude. But a part of you know he was one of those people. A part of his stance was. He wanted to prevent the black messiah from coming up. You know, when they went after Fred Hampton at the Panthers and all of that stuff. They did some really yeah. evil stuff with black people. And some black people were passing, you know. So when you talk about, um, you know, President Eisenhower and his grandmother was black kind of stuff. When you even go through history like that, you'll find that they were still passing and denying that they had black folks in their family, but I want to remind you that all white folks have black folks DNA because they all came from black from a black woman. So, it, no matter how you slice it, and even when we have conversations and I hear people, you know, talk about this or findings that says, "Hey, all white, all black people have white folks DNA," that is not true. That is that is them flipping the fact that they have black DNA in them. So they say, oh, no, it's ours that come to you. Isn't that interesting? We we hear that so much. It's like everybody's a mix of everybody. No, everybody came from black people. 
like how they say right. about the pyramids, that white folks built the pyramids. No, those, that was the sub-Africans, sub-Saharan Africans that built the pyramids. Yeah. So stop them, stop with the madness, because when you keep yeah. saying that crap, you know, that's why you, that's why they got rid of the noses off of them. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, because, because, folks noses. yep, yep, and, and that's the thing about distorting history, right, so, you know, speaking of that, I, I will do that one. You know, the the Sphinx, for example, or um, is referred to as the soul of Egypt, right? So it's called her Emukat, right? It was built in Kemet, and Kemet means land of blacks, Kemet, right? It's like Mel. Anybody, I have a great friend named Melanie, but Mel is black. That's what it means, Right. And it's indigenous name of North Africa, uh, which is now called Egypt. So her Imakat is the largest and oldest monument ever sculptured from a single rock. Um, it's the head of a um, a person and the body of a reclined lion. So her Imakat faces the rising sun, and it's strategically positioned at the foot of the Great Pyramid that provides a clue to its symbolic meaning. So there are many myths created around a statue, but I'll just get to it we'll set this record straight today the statue integrates the essence of man and animal in such a way that it expresses the divine relationship between the two so symbolically the body of the beast represents the animal nature that exists in man the lion exemplifies the royalty and power of the divine spirit as it exists in lower physical form so the head of the man symbolizes the intelligence of the mind which must be cultivated in order to elevate consciousness to a higher spiritual state so that it may become divine. So if you don't know, the sun rises on his head, and for three-quarters of the day, it, it goes down behind the lion, right? So metaphorically, it is the suppression of the lower animal nature and the refinement of the thought process that leads to the spiritual evolution of man. And spiritually speaking, it is only by conquering the beast within that one is capable of truly knowing God. So the next time you see that symbol of the Sphinx, know that it was there for a reason, and it was symbolic to um, us knowing wisdom. And if you want to know more about that, please read the Now Valley Contributions to Civilization by Anthony T. Browder. Um, I know usually on Black History Month I actually talk about this often, but I always remember that. Because, you know, Anthony Browder did such a great job of describing it because on the Sphinx, it tells you what it is. And white folks still change the meaning of it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) knowledge (laughs) comes from, and so it just says that knowledge comes from the um, enlightenment light which vanquishes in darkness or ignorance. And so her imitat exemplifies the external conquest of good over evil. That's why he faces the the eastern horizon and is physically enlightened by the sun as it rises each morning. Now, since white folks didn't create it, they don't know what it means. <laughs> and mm. since they can't twist that, right, since they can't twist it to mean something else, they just leave it alone. So we're not mm. leaving that alone so, hey, if, if you want to have, have that put into your curriculum, call that critical race theory if you want to. <laughs> but knowing is knowing. 
Exactly. Can't do nothing about that. Right. So, you know, on, on that note, you know, I, I, my first story was talking about um, Kyle Weathers, and, um, but, you know, I'll just read what his, his family said. They just said, we are deeply saddened to announce the passing of Kyle Weathers. He died peacefully in his sleep on Thursday, February 1st, 2024. Kyle was an exceptional human being who lived an extraordinary life. Um, through his contributions to film, television, arts, and sports, and he left an indelible mark and is recognized worldwide and across generations. He was a beloved brother, father, grandfather, partner, and friend. And so I think it is worthy that we recognize um, him. And, you know, Martin Luther King's son, Dexter, died. I don't know if we talked about that last week. Did we talk about that last week, Elias? Yes, we I don't did. know if we covered we that. We talked about. It. Okay. Yes, we did. Yeah, we I wanted to. Okay, wanted to make sure we still kind of acknowledge them um, because the sacrifices of their family that we kind of right. made sure that we kind of covered covered that. I don't know if you saw the program that was on um, ABC last week talking about um, the guys who were arrested and in jail for killing. Um, um, Malcolm X, Al Hodge, um, Malik Shabazz. Um, that yeah, guy, I saw that one. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they won, what, like about $25 million for being wrongfully oh, imprisoned. $36 million. Did they win $36 They won $36 million. Million. Won $36 million. Uh, And then they, they found one guy died in 2009, and the one guy that they said that they know did it. <laughs> They, he said, right. "Hey man, these guys weren't even there. They, we know that he was that he wasn't there. These these two guys, you got the wrong guy." And then the guy came out and said who he was with that did this, and they said, "I won't believe it." Then you get the FBI files that said, "Hey, these are the two. These are the people that did it. This guy, this guy walked around uh, New Jersey bragging that he did it." I don't get right. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. and- and what came out in that court case was also that the FBI had informants, people who literally worked for the FBI, mm-hmm. who was doing security in that building at that time. Same, the same you know, thing happened with, uh, with Fred Hampton. Did you ever see Black Judah, yeah. the Messiah? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same I know thing. Fred the story well. Mm-hmm. Yep. They had a brother yeah. on there. He ended up killing himself. He killed himself because of what he did to Fred Hampton. Yeah, there's there's a YouTube video of that guy, and I, you know what, mm-hmm. and my humanity is intact, and I can show compassion for everybody. But that dude, I remember his interview when he said, "I didn't think they was gonna kill him." What did you think was gonna happen? He laid out Fred Hampton House. They drugged his orange juice, right, when he went mm-hmm. to sleep, so he didn't wake up. And then when they yeah. came in the house, the evidence showed that they only shot in the corner of the room that the bed was. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they didn't come in and say it was a shootout and they didn't know where he was. They knew exactly where his bed was, so they came in firing directly at that man's bedroom, knowing that exactly. he was drugged and sleep. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it, and even in Malcolm's case, you know, I think it was Dick Gregory who talked about that years ago. They rented out the Audubon um ballroom 
the week before, the CIA did, and they put a false wall in the Audubon. So they're like, there is a sniper in there that killed Malcolm. And and all of that evidence exactly. that's coming out in court that the police, the New York police, uh, New York City Police Department was involved, the FBI was, all that stuff came out in court. And I am saddened again that um, his wife Betty Sabaz has passed. That she didn't get mm-hmm. some kind of justice in court for them admitting that they actually had contributed to this. They didn't just, you know, contributed. They actually set up Malcolm to be Mm -hmm. killed. Exactly. That's why I, you know, that's why I'm not so harsh when, um, you know, we go in on, you know, you know, Charlemagne and those guys who are doing disservices to the community. I'm not harsh on them because I don't know, what kind of setup or pressure that they're under from clear channels or whoever their bosses is to say whatever they're saying. Exactly. Right? He may yeah, you're right. Some, right, because he wasn't going to be able to get a regular job ever. No. You know, and it's like mm-hmm. Wendy Williams, stuff that she's going through. They were just gossip folks and pretty much keeping mess going in the community. We don't know who's funding them. We don't know why they get okay. sponsorship, but the FBI, all of those guys put money in to create chaos inside of the community. Well, so we can't. Used to, that was her. That was her guy. Charlemagne used to work. For yeah. Him. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. And then you they never know what, what's going on. Fell out. Yep. Mm-hmm. They fell out, and they went in different ways, but they still carried the same agenda. They still carried the same agenda. They kept doing the job to create chaos. And I know sometimes on the show that it seems like, oh, we're going at each other. But believe me, we will circle the wagons when we need to circle the wagons. (laughs) So I think that black folks don't get that, um, you know, when outside forces are actually contributing to the chaos in the community. We need to just be smarter. You know, I I recently had a conversation with with someone about that. It was a former legislator, legislator, and I said to him, if you ever hear that I said something, you better pick up the phone and call me because I don't play <laughs> somebody said that you said something. We ain't going through all of that. Mm. If you don't like it, don't yeah. talk to me. Believe me, if I, right. don't, I will say directly to you what I need to say. If you hear something mm. from somebody else, I'm creating chaos. I don't talk to people I don't like, so that's not a thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't do that. All right, mm-hmm. sorry for being personal. All right, so in January, no problem, bro. The US, yay, hey, we just have to put that out there. We have to let let folks know that integrity and um, is it, it, in us, right? And our ethic exactly. and our compassion, all of that stuff is in us. And so, if we don't say that out loud, sometimes people, um, what I've learned over the years is that when folks are guessing who you are, plying and trying to fill in holes of who they think that you are. So sometimes you have to tell people, right? We tell them all the time, don't write us. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, how Jay is reading, you know, social media comments. You can comment all you want to, but that don't mean that we're going to read them, right? I'm not going <laughs> to. Right. There, there are people who are listening, so we need to honor them and be respectful of that. All right, so – in January, the U.S. added nearly double the amount of jobs that were predicted. The U.S. added 
3,000 jobs in January. Um, so it went above and beyond expectation. I think it was three exactly. times more than what they expected, right? Exactly, and, yes. Know, again, when we start talking about the economy, just know the economy grew by 3.3% over the past year. And so it's in the S&P and the Dow up. And since it grew faster than other G7 countries last year, um, you know, thanks to what they're saying, the post-pandemic productivity boom, and um, it, it's set for a 2.1% growth in 2024. The Biden administration had back-to-back um, growth in the economy that was greater than any other president. They've never seen this kind of growth in to the first two years of anybody's presidency than they have in Biden's. So this is why I keep saying that they're changing the subject because they used to say, oh, it's the economy, it's the economy. And it's like, oh, those numbers are too good. So did, let's try to find did you see the, the, the Did you see the chair, the, the Fed, the, the head of the Fed, the chair? <laughs> he was kind of giddy, uh-huh. man. I was like, wow. He was like, yeah, the economy is this. And I was like, wow, he's kind of giddy. He's kind of happy. Right. That's unusual right. for him. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I saw a, a, a clip of the guy who was the former Fed chair on Fox where he was like, well, I guess I can't really say anything. Like, we can't. He was yeah. trying to spin the numbers and be like, you know, we need to do something else. He goes, the numbers are too good for him to actually yeah. say these. He would try, though. They can't, they can't, they can't even argue you know, about it, but they're going to try. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? When you do something good and people walk away and go, I still don't like you. <laughs> they don't have nothing else to say. <laughs> and they just don't like them. Just say that. I still don't like you. But we can't we can't get mad at the way you handle the economy and how the um how the Fed works. So which is which is really weird, right? So the way that the economy works for for those who don't understand this stuff is that when interest rates go up, then it, it costs more to borrow money, which means productivity usually goes down, like for development. So you can't have it both ways. So, like, for example, um, UPS announced this week that they are, um, they're cutting 12,000 jobs, you know, after the number of packages dropped and um, their, their income declined by, I think it's one point um eight seven billion dollars so they said it was a disappointing year so they're going to make job cuts but they'll probably job cut the people who were working part-time because they're a big outfit but what happens with ups and fedex they still use the postal service to deliver their packages anyway so it's a weird system that we have now now that the the republicans and the trump people gutted out the post office so now we're going to have to rely on the post office for, right? So now you're going to watch your prices yeah. go up, and who, who are you going to blame? Because oh, of Republican theory, yeah, Republican theory is, oh, the private sector can handle this better. No, they can't. They can't take a loss. And once they took a loss, they get rid of 12,000 jobs. So now you got to worry about the government delivering mail who cut all of their jobs. Oh, really? Wow. Everything. Everything's gravy when you making money, right? But now you're going to get mad that you can't get a package delivered. 
you know, the TSA is quietly rolling out facial recognition software to 400 airports in the coming years, is what they're saying. Really? <sighs> they say, yep, over the next several years, 400 airports, they're going to roll it out despite of congressional leadership opposition. Okay. Now, here, if, there, if there's something to fight, that is something to fight. Facial recognition, and, and not, just for, um, not just for white folks. You know black people really have to fight facial recognition technology because you know it yeah, does not work they, for black people. I was just going yeah. to say, I, I heard you say that before. It does not work for us. Nope. Yeah. It, is, it, is, it, is, um, it is because of the cameras that they have, um, how the lenses are designed, and all, since they made regular cameras, always had a problem differentiating browns, and it was done intentionally. But the mm. fact that your cameras can't recognize brown people or anybody who uh, of uh, any kind of hue, that you know we're going to be mistaken identity and detained and held. That's why I don't oh, trust AI, generally. Yeah. Because I we agree. are always under suspicion, and now you're programming that into technology. Hmm. So if I have a, I, you know, I really don't like the airport for this. And ever since we've been flying with all of that security, you know, I don't like to like to travel like that. I hate being searched. I don't know why, but I never never liked it. But I'm like, if you have your ID or your passport and it gets scanned and they can prove that is you, I don't think you need any other measure to track people because that's not what our freedoms is. It should not be about tracking. You should have the freedom to move where you want to. You know. So you know how they gave that option. It's like, hey, you can have a chip implanted and it'll keep your data on you. No, you don't want to do that. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, thank You'll you. be getting tracked going to the bathroom. They'll be like, hey, exactly. you ain't going to the bathroom enough, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Wow. So we we definitely need to fight that, you know, that part. Um, the, US, um, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, the SEC, has approved 11 spot Bitcoin exchanges to be traded, um, those ETFs, um, the exchange trade funds, um, including those from major asset managers like BlackRock and Grayscale and Fidelity and, and uh, Invesco. They're letting them trade Bitcoins, but the approval, uh, they said, is poised to transform Bitcoins um, offering institutional or retail investment exposure to um, the largest cryptocurrency without requiring them to hold it directly. So they can sell crypto and not actually own crypto. It sounds wow. like another Ponzi scheme, but I don't really want to get into that. Yeah. So despite the approval, mm-hmm. the SEC has indicated that it um, reminded uh, remains skeptical about crypto and, and Bitcoins, um, and they um, they're specifying that it did not approve or endorse endorse Bitcoin in their um, in making this decision. So they're not encouraging you to do that. But your four hundred one k, you better watch those guys. If they're investing in Bitcoin and they crash, your money is going to be gone. So they did approve them using Bitcoin. So your investors you can know, actually use Bitcoin. 
that's one thing I didn't understand about LeBron. He took his his salary in, in Bitcoin. I was like, bad move there, young man. Bad move. And no kidding. You know. No kidding. Yeah, he took I, his salary I, in Bitcoin, but, yeah. Yeah, you know, well, you know, maybe he's dedicating a year of his salary to Bitcoin because, you know, technically um, I would be very, very skeptical, but at the same time, um, it's just it's gambling, right? So yeah. he just put he just put um, his salary on black on a roulette wheel. <laughs> he was like, just put it on that one. <laughs> so, yeah. So if it turns mm. green or red, that dude's gonna lose that money. So hey, yeah. Uh, now America's three biggest banks. Uh, they raked in $200 billion from high interest last year, but they mm. won't pass the savings to their um, to their depositors. <laughs> so DailyMail.com did this. Um, they did some analysis of um, J.P. Morgan, Chase, um, who made $87.7 billion last year. Bank of America, $57.5 billion, and Wells Fargo, who made $52.4 billion. They failed to raise their annual percentage rate on basic savings accounts beyond the 0.01%. Now, here's, you know, we talked about this before, that they should be teaching kids about banking. Like, we had those passport savings account things when we were in elementary school, you know, just to get you into banking. Well, mm-hmm. when you deposit money in the bank, you are loaning the bank money. So they usually pay you interest for loaning the money. The bankers Correct. flipped it to make you think that when you put your money in the bank, that they're doing you a favor. <laughs> so they don't pay you any interest no more. They're like, mm. yeah, we're holding this for you because you, don't, you, don't, you won't have it. Uh, you didn't want to put it in your mattress or something, right, because you ain't getting no good interest mm. on it. So they no, take your money. Yep, they take your money, loan it to other people, and then end up making $200 billion and then tell you, uh, thanks, I, you didn't make no money off of this after they made right. all that money. Mm. So, yeah, so they, they beside the big banks, by comparison, um, they should charge somewhere between 5 and 7% interest on, like, fixed 30-year mortgages. So you're paying 5 to 7% interest on money that they took from the depositors, and they don't pay them any money while they're making money off of your money. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. You know, and let me tell you, here's the thing. They shut down branches. I think they said it's like they did 41 branches in one week because they're not getting foot, foot traffic. The, the banks are, and they're making billions. Mm. Mm. So – so wow. smaller banks like SoFi, you know, I know American Express, all of these other companies are actually giving you better interest. So if you had a SoFi, and I'm not, you know, they're a, a, um, a tech firm from, um, they're, um, where are they from, Sweden maybe? Um, Finland maybe. They're, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're Finland. Um, they require no minimum deposit, right? So if you put money in there, you get 4.6%, you know, that, um, you know, adjusted percentage yield. So that's the interest that you get on it. So it is, four, it is 460 times more 
than Wells Fargo, Chase, and or Bank of America would give you. <laughs> they give you 460 wow. times more. So, which means that if you have $1,000 in your account, um, you would have earned like $46 in interest by the end of the year. But if you was with mm. Wells Fargo, Chase, or Bank of America, you would have got $0.10. Cents. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Man. So Makes anyway, perfect sense. You, yeah, that, make, that makes sense to somebody, right? Now, Capital One uh, also has a savings account, and they promise like 4.35%, uh, but customers are getting 0.3%. The bank quietly froze their rates and didn't tell them. So when they started making money, they was like, we ain't going to tell them, and we ain't going to give them no money. But they, they to open up an account, because I, I remember looking at these, they were promising like 4%. If you save your money with them, and they only, according to this report, they froze it and not told it. They didn't tell anybody, um, so they're getting sued. So there's a class action suit if you have a Capital One account because they didn't want to give you no interest money. Are you gonna give somebody? If I, if I had a thousand dollars in the bank and I got ten cents for having in the bank, I'm gonna fight the bank manager. I should just kept it. I found yeah. ten cents the other yeah. day. <laughs> right, like this on the ground. <laughs> I kept that right. money in my house. I could kept it in a coffee can. You know how they used to do that back in the days. Find a, I don't even exactly. drink coffee. You find a coffee can in my house, it's going to have some money in it. <laughs> so I just want to tell you that. Mm. All right. So um, America's $232 billion lithium industry could drain billions of gallons of water from the Colorado River and residents uh, in their residential wells because they have a Civil War era law, era law that doesn't limit how much money, that I mean, how much water that mines can use. So they have a drought in that piece, and they are going to drain people's drinking water just to, to do lithium, to, to cool their systems of making lithium batteries probably. What? So, uh, yep, a report by the students at Arizona State uncovered that 72 proposed lithium mines in the U.S. will drain billions of gallons of water from, you know, the, you know, in the Colorado, Hoover Dam, right? So mm-hmm. the, if you look at Lake Mead and how, you know, it's starting to reveal old houses and stuff because the water levels are so mm-hmm. low that now they want to, they want to drain it for something else. Okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna say this out loud. They these found, people are listening. But what'd you say? They found, they found bodies and all kind of stuff in our Lake Mead, yeah. man. All kind yeah. of stuff. And you know, mm. I know since this is Black History, you, most of the the lakes for um, reservoirs they sunk um, um, black towns. I know in Florida mm-hmm. and. New York, Georgia. one of the, um, for, where, where at? Where did you say? Georgia. And Georgia. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, sorry, I keep forgetting. I'm forgetting Georgia. Georgia's a famous one because they did, like, maybe three black towns in Georgia or more than that. Mm-hmm. South Carolina, they built dams and flooded out black towns because, you know, this is how they did development back in the days. Black people got the, the low-lying land anyway, and the white folks lived on the hill. And so when they needed mm-hmm. new reservoirs, they thanked those those towns. It's like mm-hmm. understanding that in New 
York, I can't think of the town, the reservoir that feeds New York City, but that one was a black town. And then they took, you know, um, the Seneca, um, it's Seneca Village that was in New York City, this black town, and made Central Park. That's a part of Central Park. Yeah. So they, there's some still foundation stuff in Central Park from, like, the churches. They had maybe, like, 12 schools and all the, Like, it was an actual town that they took out to put into, you know, to put in Central Park. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Here we go. All right. Now, the Biden administration is sanctioning West um, settlers in the West Bank. So... President Joe Biden on Thursday issued an executive order targeting settlers who are attacking Palestinians in the occupied West Bank for the first break with Israel since the invasion of the Gaza Strip. So the West Bank is largely occupied um, Palestinian territories, homes to, uh, to roughly 3 million people. But for years, the far-right Israeli settler, settlers have staged attacks on Palestinians who live there and seize their land. So those in, um, attacks have increased um, the instability in the region. So President Biden ordered, um, declares a national emergency around the situation in the West Bank, particularly um, around the high levels of extreme um, settler violence that forced displacement of people and villagers and property. And so um, <clears throat> there are dozens of such declarations, in effect, that covers um, a lot of topics in the West Bank, and the oldest was declared by President Jimmy Carter in 1979. The U.S. Okay. has been trying to regulate Israel, and they still keep ignoring it. So <laughs> I don't know, even though we're protecting Israel, at some point we're going to have to fight Israel. I don't think we're ever going to yeah. do it, but it just kind of, to Jay's point earlier, is that that's the tricky line that we are we are rolling on. Israel is committing genocide, and the U.S. is trying to get them to stop or curb it or do whatever, but they won't lift a finger to stop them. But the U.S. It won't help them. You know what I mean? We're protecting them, and they're yeah. doing these atrocities. It's like having a bully. And saying, um, "Oh, he gonna stop? Just ignore him." Yeah, eventually he's gonna stop. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry about. He's gonna stop taking your lunch money. You are gonna be able to eat by the time you're in the fourth grade, <laughs> right? Like he gonna, gonna take a couple of years. He gonna get tired of bullying you. Is what's gonna happen. Yeah, really. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, okay. So you know, being that I use a lot of the show to talk about. Nikki Haley. Do you know she was on Saturday Night Live last night? <laughs> was she? I didn't, Did you know I didn't that? Watch it. No, I don't I watch. Not. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a long time. But um, she made a surprise appearance on Saturday Night Live, and in the skit. Now, see, this is why it's really um, important to watch people playing with your lives. But she mm-hmm. made her appearance on Saturday Night Live, and she admitted that she should have said that slavery caused the Civil War. And she said that on Saturday Night like playing around. So when she goes out in front of everybody else, she's going to go, you know, I was just joking. I'm high. Mm-hmm. She ain't going to do Smokey, but that's <laughs> what Smokey said. I, was I don't think she's going to say that. I was Smokey. High. I was high. Mm-hmm. Right? 
so that people play with your lives too much to be like, yeah, we know that's true, but I'm not going to say that on the campaign trail. You can't trust nobody. And, mm-hmm. you know, how, how we do is the devil you know. So if nobody's coming yeah. out that's going to seriously challenge um, Biden, it's not even going to be a question on who's going to win this race. So stop calling that man old because he still didn't do anything to you. And look on the bright side. Well, I don't know if this is a bright side. If something happens to him, then your president will be a black woman. There's no way she would win an election. I just want to say that for the record. I know that's, people might that, get a little mad. I believe, I believe that's, what, that's what people are so mad about, is that she would be the president. Yeah. yeah. That's what I believe. That's what's yep. upsetting a lot of folks, that she would be the president. Yeah, you know what? I didn't think about it that way. So that could be a big factor Mm -hmm. in people worrying about his health because they don't like her, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I I was surprised. I thought that he would switch vice presidential candidates. I thought that she would make an excuse and run um, somebody like Gavin Newsom or somebody to be like. That's what I thought, too. Yep. Yep. I don't think – since they, um, South Carolina, you know, Biden just won the primary in South Carolina the other day. I um, don't think that they can switch it, but the vice president isn't a nominated position. So you can pick your mm. vice president at the convention if you wanted to. People have done that. Reagan okay. picked, um, I think he picked George H. Bush at the convention. I think that's where he announced his presidential candidate. So not until a convention, but okay. their candidate usually get the nomination, and then the delegates pick the candidate. So you can run a coup, as the Republicans saw, they were trying to run a coup at the convention against Trump, and they couldn't pull it off. They changed the rules, and they couldn't pull it off. But you can, there's always room when somebody says, um, well, what if Trump wins the nomination and goes to jail? Well, at the convention, those delegates can pick somebody else. That's pretty much how the system works. So that should be interesting. Now, um, I know that Covina was on earlier and he had to go for his bike ride, but you know California is set to um, to be hit by heavy rains and winds in the latest um, mm-hmm. in a chain of what they call pineapple express storms. I never heard that term before, but it, it's bringing uh-huh. a risk of potentially you know um, deadly front flooding. You said you have heard it before. Yeah, Pineapple Express. They made a movie called Pineapple Express, and it was about some weed. <laughs> I remember that name, but I didn't know what it was about. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. yeah, it was about weed. Man, okay. So the the weather <laughs> the weather prediction center issued a level four risk for excessive rainfall in Santa Barbara and Oxnard. Oxnard. Um, and an exceedingly rare advisory was issued fewer than 4% of the days on average. They normally won't do that, um, but it's a level three risk was um, um, instead for most of the California cults. I don't know what those level mm. risks are, but if you're from California, it's, a, it's usually level three, but there's a level four now. So the level three is including San Francisco down to Los Angeles, so officials at Ventura and Santa Barbara counties urged people to evacuate their homes um, yesterday 
as an emergency crew laid out sandbags and um and beaches were also closed. Mm. Man, okay, I'm gonna have to go take a keep an eye on that. I didn't I saw all the rain that they were getting, but I didn't know it was that bad. But again, yeah. there's no such thing as global warming. We see all no, of this not. ice out Yeah. You, we know mm-hmm. that when you put a ice when you put an ice cube in your drink, you know the the water level goes up, right? But when it melts, it mm-hmm. stays up. <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. it does not dissipate when it melts. So yeah, that's for sure. So your shoreline's gonna be, yep, gonna be crazy. Now the Oregon state of Oregon, their Supreme Court sided with the state secretary and disqualified ten Republican senators, state senators for missing 10 or more legislative days in 2023, and they're not eligible to mm. run for re-election. Wow. Now, that's the first time that I've ever heard that. But they tried to set out, you know, they was trying to stall legislation so they wouldn't go in so they wouldn't have a quorum. And their Supreme Court ruled mm. that you missed too many legislative days, which makes you ineligible to run for re-election. Ten wow. Republicans. Yeah. Mm. I told you, Republicans have been getting their butt whipped for years, even at the state level, and they still are arrogant and crazy. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I never take a Republican who said, oh, I'm a switch party. I'm like, you still a Republican. Stay over there. <laughs> right? Like, just go back wow. and take your party back, but don't come over here acting like, oh, they crazy. <laughs> you crazy, too. That's your people mm-hmm. you play with. All right. Now, yes. Is their people now? Two oil companies will pay seven point um, four million dollars to clean up the Sac and Fox Nation tribal nations in Oklahoma after a pipeline ruptured and contaminated a creek with three hundred thousand gallons of crude oil. So the EPA uh, made the announcement. Um, they and the Justice Department announced that the Holy Holly Energy Partners um, Operation LP. And Osage Pipeline Company, LLC, have agreed to pay $7.4 million in the Clean Water Act civil penalties and um, implemented corrective measures to settle the claim that stemmed from that pipeline rupturing, um, spilling um, oil into the um, land owned by the Native Americans, the Fox Nation and the Sac Nation in Oklahoma. Now, in addition to payment of civil penalties, the settlement requires that two companies complete the cleanup and um, remediation um, of the impact of the areas and take additional steps to prepare for and prevent future spills. Now, didn't Trump try to get rid of the Clean Water Act? Do you remember that? Most definitely he did. They were tra- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So, mm-hmm. So what, what was that? Do you remember the pipeline that they wanted run, run from uh, Canada to Oklahoma? Yeah, the uh, and, I, I know the pipeline because I had some union brothers who were just oh I can't remember the name of it either. But these brothers were so upset when that happened. Right. What and was so, the name? I can't remember it, but they're running what's called oil sand, which means it has sand in the oil. So you're going to put a metal pipeline and run sand through it and then expect it not to corrode. So they wanted to run that pipe um, under their drinking water. Like, uh, we have mm. technology now that is going to protect it. 
and now they got an oil spill in Oklahoma, and they only have to pay $7 million. They should be paying a wow. lot more than that. How are you, mm-hmm. Again, how are you going to contaminate somebody's drinking water and then be like, oop, my bad? Like, we know. Mm. It's, um, Dakota. Dakota Pipeline. Yeah, the Dakota Pipeline, yes. Yep. Yep. And um, first of all, is um, Flint water clean yet? Mm. Did they do anything to yep. clean up Flint, Michigan's water? No. Actually, they got a guy that has a machine, <laughs> believe it or not, that gets oh. water from the atmosphere. And uh, that's how they've been getting their water, but no, they have not cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember they were trying to set that dude down. Because, you know, if you can do that, well, since you can, right, because water's in the air, you're near Lake Michigan, it's filtered, right, by the time it becomes mist and, and comes back down. What happened was the water companies don't want them doing that. Because if you can have a machine that can make water, then now they feel like you're cutting from their, their pockets. So, again, wow. that's why when we say, you know, folks are evil, when you when your humanity sucks that you can't give somebody just water, that's all you really need to live. You need water and shelter and some food, but you actually need more water than you need food, right? Mm. If you can't provide basic necessities in your humanity, your humanity sucks. But, yeah, I didn't know if they what they were doing at the Flint, Michigan, because it's been out of the news, but it that's no, crazy. No, dirty water. Still got dirty okay. water. Yeah, I figured. Mm-hmm. I figured that they did nothing to clean it up. Not not in a in a meaningful way. So you know, there was a sweeping like two year AP Associated Press investigation into prison labors that tied hundreds of millions of dollars worth of agriculture products um, to goods sold on the open market. So what they did is they followed like some unmarked trucks packed with um, prison raised cattle out of Louisiana State Penitentiary. It went 600 miles into Texas to a slaughterhouse that feeds supply chains like McDonald's and Walmart and Cargill. They're letting those prisoners work and provide food for everybody else. Now, if the prisoners refuse to work, some can jeopardize their chances for parole or face punishment, like being sent to solitary confinement. So they're often excluded from protections guaranteed to full-time workers, of course, even if they're seriously injured or killed on the job, they don't get no recourse because they're in jail. So goods from these prisons wind up in supply chains um, from, like, Frosted Flakes to Ballpark Franks to Gold Metal Flour, Coca-Cola, Rice Land Rice. All of that stuff is being supplied. I mean, and it's virtually in every supermarket, right, including, you know, Target and Aldi's and Whole Food and Kroger. Like, they are using prison labor to actually produce products that's high in the store. You don't get no discount because prison labor did it. Um, yeah, I, I, I and, saw the story. Huh? And I, I saw the you, story. I was like, how rotten, the, yeah, I, I said, how rotten do you have to be to treat people like that, man? Wow. Yeah. I saw this story, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it's, it's crazy because we, um, we block imported goods from, from countries that use prison labor. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we're like, no, United States, 
block them because they are treating their employees wrong. And we use prison labor. They're contradictory. Yes, yes, yes. But they, they're like, oh, it's completely, you know, many companies buying directly from prisons are violating their own policies against such labor. Because those companies will be mm-hmm. like, well, if our supply chain is coming from Indonesia or whoever, they're like, we don't like what they do to children labor. It's like, but you don't mind them being in prison, right? So, um, you know, this, this it's, it's, it is completely legal, by the way. This dates back largely to the end um you know, to the need of labor to, I'm sorry, to the need of labor to rebuild the South after the Civil War. So they instru- enshrined in the Constitution by the 13th Amendment that slavery yep. and involuntary servitude are banded except as punishment mm-hmm. for a crime. So you yep. can have slavery if they're in prison. It was mm-hmm. enshrined in the 13th Amendment. Yeah. So... Even though we're saying this, um, it is completely legal in the United States because that was the exception that they carved out in the 13th Amendment that you can use free jail labor. And remember, we talked about this, that guy, the sheriff, who was complaining Mm -hmm. that they're letting too many of the good good prisoners out. Yeah, good people. Yeah. 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 You know, they, they said that they used to lock up black people for not having jobs. You don't have a job, they'll lock you up. What? You know, yep. I can't find a job. You won't hire me, so you won't lock me up, so that you can still keep. Yeah, to work for free. To work yeah. for free, because they mm. still have those agreements, and I think they got the federal government. They got sued at some point by one of those um, companies that build prisons, those private prison companies, because they guaranteed mm-hmm. them eighty percent occupancy. Like, who does that? <laughs> That's like right. that's like building a Marriott or a hotel and saying, "Hey, federal government, you're gonna pay me if I'm not at least eighty percent full." Mm. So judges are throwing people in jail and keeping them there for long periods of time. And when you're there, you can have some petty violation and they tag onto your time because they need the labor in the prisons. It's a political exactly. reason to keep people in prisons than it is actually their mm-hmm. crime or them even exactly. committing crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's something that, you know, when that guy went with that press conference and was like, we need the good prisoners in prison because we can't let the harsh, um, violent criminals go out and clean up the side of the road or cook meals or change the oil in my car. <laughs> right? We can't we can't use them for that. Agriculture. Ah. Ah. Well, I, I guess they don't believe in rehabilitation anyway, so. <laughs> Don't be surprised that you can't use the criminals for um, doing your dirty work and working for free. Really? A military contractor with high security clearance is arrested after his 14-year-old threatened to shoot up his school um, because of the easy access to the arsenal of weapons, including he had RPGs and flamethrowers in his house. So Dang. Neil Anders who was 45, was arrested after his son, a student at Rancho Bernardino High School in San Diego, threatened to shoot up the school on Tuesday. So Anders, who works for Innovative Defense Technologies as an engineer, pled not guilty in court on Thursday to more than a dozen weapon-related charges following a raid at his home 
and authorities found multiple firearms along with manufacturing supplies to make rifles and handguns. So, okay. So here's the thing. He should be arrested if he had that stuff that was illegal. But he got arrested because his 14-year-old threatened the school. Now, in a normal case, I would say, because this may sound like a contradiction, but in a normal case, when your kid does something in school, remember Kamala, you know, and it was um, Kavina Man who brought us up, and shout out to him for being on himself. But Kavina Man brought that up, that she was proposing that if your child skips school, that you arrest the parents. And yeah. I'm like, that is, a, that is a stretch. That's dumb. Right. So the um, So now they're arresting the parents if they have easy access to guns in your house. <laughs> And your child goes and threatens somebody. I don't know. I mean, I'm. Yeah. I'm sure. I know having a flamethrower is not illegal in the United States. No. No, it's not. You know, having having um, you know, RPGs and stuff like being able to shoot projectiles, like war ammunition, that probably is. (laughs) So I'm not saying he shouldn't be in jail, but yeah, that seems like a long way to go. Now, um, a former CIA software engineer has been sentenced to 40 years in prison for leaking classified information to WikiLeaks and possessing of um, child abuse images. So this guy, um, Joshua, I think is Schultz, um, he was 35. He was found guilty in July on eight um, espionage charges and one obstruction charge over the so-called Vault 7 leaks. The leaks, which prosecutors thought one of the worst brazen um, leaks in U.S. history, showed how the CIA hacked Apple and Android smartphones to turn them into listening devices. I thought this was the most important part of the story. <laughs> That's why. Even though he was convicted, they were listening, and they still can, they're probably listening to the show now. Shout out to the CIA and all y'all. People <laughs> <laughs> hardworking people at the intelligence listen to the show. Uh, they should they should sponsor us and buy an ad because we are listening. That'd be a nice ad, right? This <laughs> this thing mm-hmm. is sponsored by. So on Thursday, he was sentenced and charged for espionage and computer hacking and contempt of court and making a false statement to the FBI and position of child abuse images. Well, that was a bad day for him. Yeah. Now, um, you know, I didn't know this. I, I was a Dodger fan back in the day. I'm still kind of a Dodger fan. But I didn't know that Steve Garvey, who's 75, he lost a bid for a California state Senate seat that was held by Diane Feinstein. Now, yeah, I remember. Former Dodger, did you? I, yeah, he lost yeah. a bid. So the former L.A. Dodger and Padres, he was at San Diego for a minute, um, is campaigning as a conservative moderate, hoping to bring a moral integrity back to Congress. But one of the small problems is that at least three of his seven children say that those qualities in their father that, that he does not um, he doesn't possess. And so he abandoned mm. three of his kids. But he's running to bring integrity and morality back to Congress. So the political <laughs> hopeful 
his love children is what they called him in the news. Um, Slade um, Manderhall and Ashley Young wrote that in our childhoods, multiple efforts was made through attorneys to arrange a meeting or even a phone call with Mr. Garvey, but he declined every opportunity. His love life inspired a bumper sticker that read, Steve Garvey is not my padre. He used to play for San Diego Padres. <laughs> but that was kind of cold. <laughs> and they, and they made a, a joke on that sitcom, The Gordon Girls, about it. But there was a bumper sticker that says, Steve Garvey is not my padre. That's how many kids he had that he wasn't playing. <laughs> but that dude wanted to run for all. Wow. Yep. Yep. Now, now a Colorado police chief is um, put on leave after his teenage stepson was charged with um, a gang raping a 17-year-old girl um, during a party at his house while he was asleep. He's the police mm. chief, so mm. he was put on leave, um, and his stepson was charged with being a part of the rape of a 17-year-old girl in his house. Yeah, mm. again. All right, never mind. Now, a married Minnesota woman, Allison um, Chardon, who is 38, um, was arrested Thursday after she allegedly slept with two 15-year-old boys while she was on vacation. So the boys was traveling on a youth hockey team, right, in Colorado. I don't know what the heck is going on in Colorado. Shout out to prime time in the Colorado Buffaloes while I'm at Colorado. <laughs> I know this ain't the story to do that, but, hey, you know, I can throw it in for a while I'm at it. So um, they were um, – there was a – she slept with two 15-year-olds while a third boy watched in a hotel room. Now, she was married, and she and her husband, along with their two children, went to this hotel for what they call the staycation on January 14th. This is according to the criminal complaint. And the teenage boys were visiting – to play in a hockey tournament, and they stayed in the same hotel. And she reportedly admitting mm. to having sexual contact with two of the boys and asked them for a condom after she was arrested. Wow. How is she going to ask them for one after she was arrested? <laughs> what? I'm just going to throw that out there. I have no clue. Okay. So, you mm. know, on that note, I know this is the part of this show where we start to go a little off the rails, but I'm just going to tell you that just seems strange. You're a little late for all of that. It does. Now, it does. <laughs> man. All right. Now, there was, I didn't, I, I missed the story, and uh, I wanted to make sure I do this. There was a, 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 a huge data leak that was called the mother of all breaches. It had 26 billion records leaked from sites like Twitter, LinkedIn, Adult Friend Finder, whatever that is, MySpace, Invite, Deezer, JDate, Dropbox, and many others. <laughs> like they said, mm. uh, here's how you can tell if you've been affected. There's another site out there called Cyber News. You can go out there and see if you're um if your information was leaked. So they said if you use any of those sites and then was a good chance, it, there's a good chance that you have been leaked. Um, while some records are certainly duplicates of the sites, um, they've leaked over 100 million personnel, um, personal records, 
and they said to see really? if they, you know, yeah. You can use, uh, I think it's called cybernews.com. Um, it's a data link uh, it's a data leak checker. So simply enter your what email address. What is it again? What is it? What is it again? What is it again? <laughs> it is called Cyber Oh News. no! Hey, okay. So, so here, so here's Jay. Where I'm gonna caution you. If you put your email address and phone number in there, they may keep your data. So I'm not sure if I would want to confirm it. Oh my God! Real man, man. I'm just playing. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Carry uh, on. No. Real Dillion. Real Dillion just hey. sent us the message. <laughs> Here's what I want to tell you. As long as they don't hack Black Planet, we're going to be all good. I just want to put that out Okay, there. good. I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, now. All right, we're at the end of the show. Wow. So we will check y'all out. But I just want to make sure that if y'all was on any of those <laughs> sites, that we get out there and check that. Yeah, all me. I, I, I'm not on any of those, so thank God. <laughs> yeah. I, I use different email addresses, so technically I'm not on them either. <laughs> you got my email address? Good luck. Is all I will say for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all right, we'll see you next week. All right, we'll see you guys next week. All right, later. All right. Later. <laughs> 